Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Post Game Show with Seth Joyner. I knew that they had a running game. Derek Gunn. He has put in the effort. Devin Caney. Had we not won the Super Bowl, what would we be saying? And Mike Missanelli. Well, you know how Philly is. Post Game, now streaming on the 6ABC family of apps. Seventy-five and a half hours, but who's counting? Welcome in, everybody. Happy, happy Thursday. We are getting there. We are getting there. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. I like the calmness in your voice in which you just delivered that bit of information. <laughs> Usually, the octave range is a lot higher. I am proud of you right now. I'm doing good. Ten I minutes have... from now, hour from now, I don't know. But right now, I'm proud of you. I've been good today. I have not okay. driven myself crazy like I have the last couple of days, in part because we have a monster show today, Derek. It makes me feel real, really good. We have Jeff yep. McLean, and in, in a matter of seconds, we have Mike Sealski. We have Matt Lombardo. We have Brad, Brad mm-hmm. Feinberg. We're going to have all kinds of activity from Arizona. So without further ado, we'll bring up the man himself, Eagles beat reporter, for the Philadelphia Choir, still repping the prep, even in Arizona. Look at him. Look at him. You got to respect that, man. You got to respect that he's still bringing it out there to the desert. What's up, Jeff? This is the uh, no shower uh, prep hat. Uh, <laughs> wearing... Don't reveal too many secrets, Jeff. This is the no, the no shower happy hour portion of the program. You can't see my sloppy room. And yes. the, I, I tilted the camera a little bit. Good work. Good work. You're, that's a seasoned pro move right there. Hey, hey Jeff, you know what? Isn't it nice to be in a hotel room sometimes? And you can keep it as messy as you want, and no wife telling you, "Can you pick this up? This is terrible." Isn't that uh, nice? Actually, it's the opposite of my house. I'm I'm the neat one. Are you really? Oh my goodness! 
All right. Well, wow. that's good. We're learning. We're learning a lot about <laughs> Jeff uh, today. Well, listen, man, your your pieces uh, really all week and, and last week yeah, as well have been awesome. Just yeah. just flat out awesome. Man. I appreciate really it. Great. I appreciate it. It's nice to nice to hear it. I wish my place appreciated it a little more. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you sound like every guy in the business. Oh, uh, no, man. Uh, no news is, is is. There's never any good news. You only hear from people when it's bad news, generally. But, you know. <laughs> you know. I hate to bring up. I hate to bring up yeah. shop dirt, Jeff. But but it's so true, man. You know what? You bust your hump and the accolades you get from within the structure is like uh, okay what else what else you got what else you got and and what about like, uh yeah no, no i mean it's enough just to be able to cover the team i'm uh, you know i feel honored and to be out here yep. and, and you know to do work and so yep. you know obviously i'm just a semi teasing um i don't think any, you know whatever uh but i appreciate the accolades guys it's, it's a lot of times it's only those of us who are in it yep. that get it Right. Yep. And you guys know how it is. Yeah. We've all been grinding this sports, you know, this sports Life. thing for a while. Yes. Yeah. 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 All right. Talk well, Eagles. All right. Let's hit a couple things. Um, Jeff, I know you chronicled this. Give us a little insight to, to Lane Johnson and just the process and what this guy's going through to be out there and do what he's doing at still an incredibly high level, you know, and, and we've seen what he's done thus far through the playoffs. He's got a big challenge in front of him, obviously on Sunday, but just, just talk to us a little bit about where he's at and what he's going through just to be able to get out there and, and play the way he's playing. Yeah. I mean, so obviously this is something that we've, you guys all well as know as anybody, how tough lean is and, yeah. and, and, you know, like tough, it's like easy to say, and it's something that becomes like almost a cliche when you talk about athletes playing for injuries and stuff like that. And each has their own story, you know, and in Lane's instance, we, we all know the ankle thing that he'd been playing for a long time, which played a part in why he left the team in 2021. Obviously, on top of the fact that he he tried to wean himself off of antidepressants um, and, his, you know, and his depression and his, you know, his frustration with the sport. He was very close to quitting. Um, that's all part of, of Lane's story. But I wanted to kind of I wanted to I feel like my job a lot of times is to humanize these guys. I want to see what's behind, you know, this, as I wrote in the story about Lane, these modern day gladiators, you know, there's, there's more to it than just these guys being out there on the field and playing through injury, or, or let's say if you're a fan, you get up frustrated with them and you, you just see them as like, just kind of like pieces in a game. And, you know, Lane is, was nice enough to invite me to go to his bro barn uh, last week and, and, and talk to his mom about um, her plight. She's, she's dealing with cancer right now for stage four uh, Hoskins lymphoma. I mean, she's not getting treated because she doesn't need to. Um, but, and then we all know about Lane and everything that he's had to go through uh, off the field as well. So like, I mean, so this is, you know, that's, there's a, there's a human element to this. And on top of that, here's this guy playing through this torn tendon um, in his groin. And he's done now for two games and he has still hasn't given up a sack. This is now 30 games straight. And you know, he's still going to be playing it through it in the Super Bowl. It's something that can't be fixed until he has surgery after the season. And good news for him is that he was feeling better, he said, in the 49ers game. And then I was over his house last week and he was going through. He said he was feeling better then. And plus, you get the extra week. So, I mean, I can't imagine um, he's not going to be the lane that we uh, we normally are accustomed to. Jeff, here's the one thing that I, I bring up occasionally about Lane Johnson. You know, you, you have to mentally – fight the battle every day to get up and to practice at your best and then to go out and play at your best and to fight through pains at your best. But yet he's still battling 
one aspect of his life that will never go away, and that's the depression. Yeah. And, and the fact that he's and, and you know Brian Dawkins has chronicled that so well about here's Dawkins approaching forty a uh, fifty, he still battles it, but he's found a way to defeat it. And you look at Lane and. You know, I don't think a lot of people realize how many games he's missed in his career because of that or how many practices that that aren't even mentioned because of that. But yet here he is today at the pinnacle of his profession. I, I think that's as in, incredible st- of a story, if not more so than anything else he's gone through. The fact that he's out there, and you just said it perfectly, 30 consecutive games without giving up a sack, playing with a torn groin, and the story that has been kind of putting on the back page that he still battles depression to be the best that he can possibly be. Yeah. And right. He goes out there and does it in spite of all this. And, you know, as you mentioned, 30 straight sacks and, and for some years, he's kind of been um, looked over in terms of some of the accolades. Cause he played right tackle. Yep. He's finally getting, um, I hate to say, I hate to use the word respect, but he's finally kind of getting mentioned in that class. Mm-hmm. And in fact, you know, one of the good things that we can do as journalists is shine light on some maybe guys who aren't um, being, um, you know, looked upon as favorably as they should be. And that's sometimes on the margins and that's sometimes even these these great guys. And, you know, I, I you know, all fame voters tonight. And so all the voters are here and I know a bunch of these guys. And I was kind of we're just kind of feeling a few of the guys out about Lane's chances of the Hall of Fame. And, you know, he's still got more you – know, he's, he says at least he's going to play two more years. Mm-hmm. And a few of them I spoke to said, I think he's already in. Mm-hmm. And I, I was surprised by that because – not because I don't think he belongs in it because I just felt like maybe the national um, rep wasn't straight, wasn't quite there. But I think that these last few years people are starting to finally realize that this guy uh, – to me, Trent Williams and him are the two best tackles in the NFL. Yep. Right now. I, and been and I agree. The last, it's been like that for like the last – Five years, and if you're the top top year position for that long of a period, you're pretty much a Hall of Famer. And we got two of them on the Eagles with uh, Jason Peter, uh, Jason Kelsey. Mm. Yeah, yeah, you're right. And far too often we throw right tackle when we're talking about best in the game. To me, he's the best tackle in the game. Period. That's just me. Um, speaking of Kelsey, what's your sense here, Jeff? I, I know he he was asked the question point blank, and he said one game's not going to dictate whether I come back or not. But I mean, if you win this thing, you got two in five years. You're in, in all of our opinions in the Hall of Fame already. You're at the peak of your game. You've you've done well financially. What's left to prove? What what's your sense of where he's at, just in terms of wanting to keep doing this? Yeah. So I mean, I spoke to him last week. I mean, I'm always talking to Kelsey, so kind of always trying to feel him out. Um, spoke to him about this last week, and I, I did a story today about kind of like you know post football Kelsey and how that he's already branded himself. He's got the mm-hmm. podcast. He's got so many ventures that he can he can touch and make a million dollars off of. He's been very uh, judicious about how he's approached that, but it's also very daunting to him because he doesn't know quite what he wants to do. And when you're playing at the top of your game and you're playing on a team that's in the Super Bowl and you love your teammates still, and and as his mom told me the other day, she doesn't think he's going to retire because she said this is the most fun he's had in his career. Yeah. Why retire? Um now he could certainly do it. And he could feel a certain way in several weeks and and know it. You know, I mean, obviously your body um, will tell you probably more than anything whether you want to keep playing. My sense, just based upon talking to her, to him, uh, to a lot of guys around him, is that I'm th- I'm thinking he's leaning on returning again. Mm-hmm. Um, again, another first team All Pro. He, uh, he may he may actually be playing his best football in his twelfth year. 
That's crazy. That's that does not happen at that position. Typically. No. Yeah. So I, I, so it'll be interesting to see how this plays out with Kelsey, but he has said, you know, the Super Bowl will have no bearing on it. And, and I, I believe him when he says that. So, so Jeff, give us the latest update on, on Avante Maddox. You know, he's in the boot one day, and then we, 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 we hear that he's not in the boot. What's your perspective on it? I think he's all, he's, you know, full systems, systems go. Now he's been limited at practice, but um, from my understanding that he'll, he'll be able to play. How much of practice are you guys able to see? And, and if it's not much, uh, that's what I was going to get. How frustrating <laughs> is it? I know you guys have pool reporters. For, for those listening, yeah. Jeff just gave us the zero the side. Zero, yeah. 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 And how frustrating is that? Because you, as someone who's covers this, covers this team every day, you know these guys. The coaches know you. But it's like you're, you're treated as a foreigner in the in the grandest moment of the season. And, and it goes across the board for all you writers and stuff like and TV people who cover the team. It, that's got to be frustrating. It, it frustrated the heck out of me in the Super Bowls I covered. <laughs> Uh, Gunner's trying to get me to, to flip off. No, no, <laughs> no, off. no, uh, no, because honestly, like, I mean, like, you know, like practices are so sure for the Eagles now. It's right. like we almost don't miss anything nowadays. You, you go in, you see the stretches and, they, and then they'll, they'll go do some things here and there. So, I mean, during the season, we don't get to see a lot of it anyway. Right. I mean, it's nice to see, you know, just to see it and to be out there and, and of course, be able to chronicle who's up and who's down, et cetera. Yeah. So they have a pool reporter for each team. Um, and they're usually typically national writers that, that get chosen. And, you know, I've talked to um, both, you know, I know both personally. And, and of course, the Eagles one was coming up to me asking me, oh, what should I look out for this, that, or the other thing. But they so these reports that they put out, the teams get to look at them and basically with a red pen, cross off whatever they want. Because they get to go for the whole practice, which is something you can't do during the season. Right. But for the Super Bowl, they allow it for one reporter but they don't allow you to report anything you see. So basically these, these reports have been about like the musical choices at the practices. I mean, they're totally pointless. <laughs> not that, you're, like, not that you're bitter, not that you're bitter. No, not that I'm bitter. I'm, I just understand the point of having, these I hear you. I'm kidding. I agree. I like, agree. Like they, we understand not to write about scheme and write about plays and stuff like that. So it's, it's all nonsense. And coaches have now taken this all way too seriously. And they fear so much. I mean, even when you talk to them and even though when I'm talking off the record or, or you know, like they, yeah. They're so fearful of, of, of revealing anything about about their game plans, which I understand. I, I totally get yeah. it. But we but, know how. To, but we know how the Eagles PR staff is too. No, 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 no. Right, uh, they always have a red pen. Yeah. Uh, let me ask you about confidence because I, I think you probably got it last week when you were here. But I'll tell you, man, I think the fans are overly confident when it comes yeah. to to the Eagles yeah. winning this game. Um, I think this is going to be a really difficult game on, on a lot of levels for obvious reasons, Mahomes, Andy Reid, et cetera. Kansas City rarely ever loses to the NFC. What is your sense of the team itself in terms of where they're at going into this thing? Yeah, I sense that too. I mean, um, I'm not a huge radio listener, but um, just from people talking to people that I, I've been around, you know, and friends that I know and, yeah, I mean, this is like very un Philadelphia like to yes. have this amount of confidence going into a game. That I mean, look, they're a really good team. They're one of the top two teams. The top two teams are in the Super Bowl. Yep. I, I think you can make a case for the, the Bengals being one of the top two as well. Um, so I, I agree with you. I, I think this is going, I just keep looking at it as a toss up. Uh, I think the Eagles have the deeper team. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they have the strength, they have the advantages on both lines probably uh, a slight one Eagles offensive line versus their defensive line I think a, uh, 
a little more uh, significant one on the Eagles defensive line versus their offensive line. Mm -hmm. But they have Patrick Mahomes. And he's the great equalizer. Mm -hmm. And the Eagles have not faced not only a team this good all season, and that's not their fault, but they haven't faced a quarterback quite like Pat Mahomes all season. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying that doesn't mean they can't beat him. I'm just saying that, you know, it'll be interesting to see how they approach that. Um, you know, there were only what, like now I would say there's like five elite guys, six elite guys in, in the league at that position. So it's not like, you know, they didn't have, they didn't see Burrow. They didn't see Herbert. They didn't see Allen. Uh, Hertz, I think belongs in that conversation. They can't see him. He's, you know, and Lamar Jackson's been hurt. Those would be the guys I would, I would point out. Um, and now they're seeing Mahomes. And, and, and like a blowout, really? I mean, like the only three games that the Chiefs have lost this year, they've lost by three or four points or something. Yeah, it's like 10 points for yeah. three losses combined. Yeah. And, and I know how the Chiefs played in that Super Bowl a couple years ago um, when they lost to the Bucs, but they have a much better offensive line. That, that, was, a, that was all on the offensive line. Yeah. Um, so that being said, I don't want to play down anything. I think the Eagles, I'm kind of leaning towards picking the Eagles. I haven't decided yet where I'm going. Um, because I think that the Eagles offensive uh, versatility is just going to give uh, that defense, D Spagnolo, that secondary specifically some trouble. Mm. Hey Jeff, you know, you've known Andy as long as I have. And I've said, I think this is Andy's finest coaching job. When you look at how this roster was put together, the abundance of, of rookie first round, second round players yeah. that have contributed all the way through this thing. And the Kansas City Chiefs organization has admitted this was a rebuilding year, not retooling. This was a rebuilding year for us. And the fact that they've won as many games as this, this dominant Eagles team and, and, and their playoff competition, let's face it, was much stiffer competition with than what the Eagles face. I think when you when you stack up I and mean, even Andy's Super Bowl win, when you stack up all the big games in all the seasons he's had, I think this is has been his finest coaching job as a head coach with this particular roster. I mean you're right. You lost to Tyreek Hill. Yeah. Patrick Mahomes and the, and the pass offense didn't miss a step. No. They added a, a, a rookie running back that, you know, seems like every time Andy seems to find these guys later in the and later yep. in the draft. Um he's a hard runner. Um, defensively, you've, you've remade the secondary um, and got some talented guys. Now they're they're young, and they're mm -hmm. I think Eagles have advantages there on the outside with the AJ Brown and Devontae Smith. Um, and then you've had injuries at the wide receiver position. They're going to be down at least mm -hmm. one receiver, right? Yep. Recall uh, Hardman's going to be out. Yep. And there's a couple other guys that are, are not 100. percent And they, you know, and and it obviously, like we said, Mahomes makes Andy. Uh, better but i think andy's offense makes mahomes better too i mean yeah. andy is still to me one of the top play callers in the league if maybe not even maybe even the best the imagination i mean he's gonna have he's gonna have something that we haven't seen all season that will probably produce a big play mm -hmm. and i wouldn't be surprised to see it early because he's gonna want to come and get come out early mm -hmm. like i mean you say it's about any team but i think there's added incentive for the chiefs to maybe even if they win the flip, to not defer, take the ball mm -hmm. and try and get out ahead of this team. Because if the Eagles get a 10, 14 point lead, that's just plays right into their, their that that offensive line. Run the ball. Turn it out on the ground. Yep. Jalen Hurts plus one in the run game. That really plays to their benefit. Absolutely. Jeff, you can put your finger on one. You nailed a couple right there. But you put your finger on one thing where the Eagles have the biggest advantage or an area that Kansas City could really struggle with with the Eagles, what would it be? 
Um, well, I, I guess I got to go back to that pass rush. Okay. I, you know, they, the to me, it's the depth. Not only do they have talent at the top with Hassan Reddick and Josh Sweat, and you got Fletcher, who's still playing at a pretty good level, Javon Hargrave in the inside, but then you throw that second line at him, and you have Brandon Graham. You have um, Milton Williams, who I think has been playing pretty pretty darn well. Oh, yeah. You got Obama Kinsu, mm-hmm. who knocked out a quarterback just a week ago. Lindell yep. Joseph. Yeah. Uh, Lindell Joseph, who's, you know, um, you know, mostly run guy, but occasionally mm-hmm. – and so they can just come at you with waves. And I know the Chiefs offensive line is much improved. They have some really good guys. They do have a weak link at the right tackle spot. And I think that's, you know, I think right. It could have another big game. Mm. All right, Gunnar, you got one more. We got to let Jeff roll. If not. So what, what is the one thing? This is non-football. I love getting away from X's and O's. What's the oh, one okay. thing? What's the okay. one thing that you want to do? Now I've been to Phoenix many times. My brother lives there. But what was the one thing on your bucket list that you want to do while you're out there, away from yeah, football? I've, yeah, I've been here a lot um, yeah. over the years because the owners' meetings always seem to be here, um, or at least every other year. And this is my second Super Bowl here. Eagles seem to come out here all the time. Yeah. Um, but I I haven't been to the, the uh, waste management bowl, uh, waste management management open, the golf tournament. Yeah. Okay. Um, and I think I may be able to score some tickets um, tomorrow. And squeeze in, maybe head to the 16th. I think the 16th hole tickets are separate than everything else. So maybe I won't be able to throw beer. And ah, that's where you want to be, man. <laughs> I know. I, I, honestly, well, I, honestly, I'm a huge golf guy, as you guys can mm-hmm. see. My son yeah. plays for the prep team. Mm-hmm. And um, I would just love just walking around and seeing, you know, I love it. Whenever the whenever a tournament comes to Philadelphia, yeah. um, I've been to US Opens and other and other venues as well outside of Philadelphia. I always go. I love it. It's one of my favorite, it's one of my favorite things to do. Um I would love to cover golf too. I mean, if anyone's looking for a golf writer, <laughs> I think we need to put Jeff on the couch. There's a lot going on here. We need, oh. to, we need to dig a little bit deeper. But uh, Jeff, listen, man, keep killing it. You're doing a great job. We appreciate you. Yes, we here at Sports Take appreciate you. We and we appreciate Thanks, you giving us a couple minutes, man. Enjoy yourself. All right, the rest all right of yeah, enjoy the game, guys. Enjoy, uh, man. All right, bro. Take care. Jeff McLean, kind enough to hop on there, and you can check him out. Uh, by the way, Gunner too. Always, always uh, tell people. You know, he is a he's a must read because he is an old school reporter in a lot of ways. Absolutely. So go to Twitter at Jeff underscore McLean and inquire dot com. He's not afraid to ruffle feathers. He will go after anybody and, and everybody. So that's for well, sure. I've look, seen it firsthand. Look who the cat drug in. What? what whoa. Whoa. Who's this guy? Who? I'm, I'm, you got I'm, jet lag or what? You want to introduce you got, yourself you right? to, to us? <laughs> for those who don't know, my name is Barrett Brooks. <laughs> I was sent out on assignment to come out to Arizona and cover the Super Bowl. Yes. And it's 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 simply ridiculous out here, man. You know, just from the just from media standpoint, it hasn't opened up to the fans and stuff yet. You know, the fans aren't really here yet. It's still like walking through here is like a ghost town still because really? it's just media guys walking around. There's no fans. I haven't seen any fans thus far. Wait, wow. wait until so, wait until Friday. Right, right, right. That's you know, Friday's when Friday's also when the, the players family members get to come in and, and yeah. be a part of everything also. So they get in on Friday. Um, I, 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 my expectations is it's going to be a nice suit box. I haven't, I haven't been out. The only thing I did was go get my, uh, my um, credentials. Give us a temperature check. What is it? Like sixties? Right now it's, it's right around 40, 45. Oh, it's cold. Okay. Yeah. yeah 45, 50. Uh, they say by, by two o'clock here, this time here, which is four o'clock your time. Uh, it should be around seventy, and uh, you know it's it's. I mean, it is what it is, man. It's it's, mm. it's 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 nice. It's beautiful out here. I love seeing palm trees. 
Yeah. Uh, I haven't I haven't really experienced anything yet because I haven't done anything yet. I got in late last night. Okay. So, I, I uh, have a big question. I have the mo- forget about the game, Barrett. I have the most important question right now. I'm going to fire at you. Listen up, Gunner. Okay. Has there been a White Castle appearance by you? And if not, is there one scheduled in the very near future for you, either tonight, tomorrow, or Saturday? On my way, on my way to to the to the stadium, I will hit White Castles. I, I, oh, I, I'm Sunday you're going to do it. No. Oh. All right, wait, now, wait a minute. Where, I got to go Bowl today. Where, oh, about, where about in Phoenix are you? Uh, I'm, I'm downtown Phoenix. We're okay, downtown. so you're in downtown. So you, to, you have to go to Glendale. The White Castle is in Scottsdale. Now, do you have your own rental car? Yes. I, I own my own. Oh, he's got okay. his own, man. Okay. Look out. Okay. Well, they didn't want, say. you know, they, they didn't want, uh, they didn't, NBC didn't want to pay for it. So I said, like, you know what? I can't be, <laughs> I'm going to ride with somebody. I need me a car. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I got a car. Okay. So, that, okay. So I was going to say, so that way you can go on your own. Cause you know, when you're traveling with a crew, you want to get from point A to point B in a hurry. You yes. Know? And, yes. And so if you get, cause you got a tour, you got a detour out of the way to Scottsdale before you go to Glendale. So um, I'm trying to figure out now, when is he going to have time to go to White Castle? Oh, he'll carve some out, man. A game day. I mean, the kickoff at his time is four 30. It's true. But He's you know, got you got those, you got to be in the stadium X amount of hours before you got to be in place for your pregame show. Text the wait, mic, wait, 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 whoa, 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 guys, guys, what? guys, you guys keep saying on Sunday. Yeah. Bro, when I get off here, I'm going to White Castles. Oh, okay. All right. Good. You nice. guys, wait, don't you have to get, I, I was going to Okay. Wait. All right. Good. All don't right. you have yeah, to get to the stadium gotta, or something? Yeah. I got to go to, I got to go to uh, Radio Row. Okay. You know what I'm saying? A little bit. I got a Radio Row, but when I leave there, then I got to go to the stadium because I got two shows to do there. So when I go there, I'll be passing a White Castle or I'll be inadvertently passing a White Castle. Even if it takes me out. 30 40 minutes, you know, it's, it's got to happen. Yeah, now I'm trying, keep in I'm mind, to get it. that I hey, dude, it. Arizona traffic, Arizona traffic is a pain in the butt. You like 20 years ago, you could zip around that area like nothing now because so many people are moving out there and stuff, man. And with the Super Bowl, dude, you got building, I'm all I'm telling, building extra time to get to where you want to go. If you want to get to the Holy Grail, you, wait, let me clarify that. Your holy grail. <laughs> no, you is. hey, you White said Kennedy. it the holy grail, Derek. No, I said yeah. his holy grail. His know, holy he grail. Knows. He knows. He knows. <laughs> well, Barrett, let me ask you, since you've been at, you know, just kind of like sniffing around a little bit out there, what is what's the vibe out there? Uh just kind of about this game. I mean, you have the experienced team with Kansas City who's been here what third time in the last whatever it is, four or five years. Eagles back kind of in a different, you know, way with a new quarterback, new coach, some holdovers. What's the feeling out there in in the uh, in the Phoenix area about this game? Uh, just from what I've seen, it's it's probably it's probably ten to ten to two as far as a ratio uh, from Eagles fans to to Kansas City fans right now. Okay, I don't see any red. I barely see red. I see a bunch of green everywhere. Flying on a plane, of course. You know, I'm a, um, I'm I'm I'm, I'm going to see some guys. You know, on the plane. Well, like. Three quarters of playing were Eagles fans going to the game. But, you know, it's, it's ridiculous. Once I touch down, how many people are here? I went to go pick my credential up. And the guy that gave me my credential, he lives in, in, uh, in you know, here in Arizona. Mm-hmm. 
but his grandparents are from Philadelphia, outskirts of Philadelphia. Nice. So he has, you know, he has one of um, one of he's he's an Eagles fan. He knows the three of you guys. He watches the show. Nice. You know what I'm saying? So you know, I'm like, wow. You know what I'm saying? You know, you guys' reputation. You know, it's all the way out here. Shout out! No, Shout out really, to our guy. He, What's it? Do you know his yeah. name? You remember his name? No, no. I'm gonna uh, ask him give him a little love to to our guy. I was trying to get in and out, bro. Get I hear you, man. I hear you. All right, this is what we're going to do, Barrett. You you good to stick around? You all right for, for a yes, second? Yes, I'm here, okay. yeah. All right, so here's what we're going to do. I want to dig in a little bit more into the game plan from this sense. Eagles defensive line versus the Chiefs offensive line, and can the Chiefs offensive line hold up? And then I'm going to go to the other side, and you're going to tell us what you're going to do to contain Chris Jones, not let him get crazy. So we'll dig into all that. When we come back, Barrett's in Arizona in anticipation for Super Bowl 57. Here's what we have coming up at 1 o'clock. Mike Sealski, also from Arizona. 1.30, Matt Lombardo from Arizona. 2.30, this is going to be fun, guys. we got Brad Feinberg, who's going to lay it all out in terms of who to bet, where to bet, what the props are, the whole nine. We will talk to him. Oh, look, look, okay. Oh, he's already he's already got it mapped out. I like how it. Far, okay, how far is it from you? Um. Get directions. Somebody in the chat just mentioned, don't, you know, stay off the interstate, go Buckeye Road. Buckeye Road runs forever in Phoenix. 20, 28 minutes. Yeah. Uh, that's not bad. That's with no traffic, though. But Get that I, done, man. That's, that's nothing. Stoplights. That's, I mean, a lot. Is that telling you to go Buckeye Road or is it telling you to take the interstate? Uh, 202. Two, okay. It says, 202. it says take 101 to 202. Okay. All right. Which is 10. Avoid 303. No. All right. So let's get a timeout and we'll come back. Uh, We'll continue with Barrett from Arizona. We'll keep this thing rolling, man. Just don't crop dust anybody, man. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) (laughs) Stop. All right. We'll come back. Uh, We'll get Barrett's take on how to uh, to go about this thing and attack that Chiefs offensive line. (laughs) He's Barrett Brooks. He's Derek Gunn. I'm Rob Ellis. We're Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. All right, let's talk about Jim Murray and Principal Financial Group. Yes, I can tell you from personal experience that I had a tough time finding the right person for a while with my finances, and I found the right person, and it is a huge relief, okay? And I trust Jim Murray and Principal Financial Group, whether it's retirement planning, 401k review, insurance review. I know personally, I've entrusted my IRA, my 401k rollovers with Jim, and any other questions that I have regarding, you know, trends that I'm seeing, it's simple. Just give them a call. 610-996-4751. 610-996-4751. You can email him as well. Murray, M-U-R-R-A-Y dot Jim at principal.com. That's Murray dot Jim at principal.com. Post game show with Seth Joyner. I knew that they had a running game. Derek Gunn. He has put in the effort. Devin Caney. Had we not won the Super Bowl, what would we be saying? And Mike Missanelli. Well, you know how Philly is. Post game now streaming on the Six ABC family of apps. Why do millions of people every year from around the world visit Philly's Rocky statue? 
You want to tell me the sky is burgundy with green stripes and yellow polka dots? I'll meet you on that. But you're never going to convince me Rocky is anything other than the pure greatness that it is. Never going to happen. Join me, Paul Farber, for WHYY's The Statue. We're going on a journey to explore the biography of the Rocky statue. Find us wherever you get your podcasts. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Champions on three. One, two, three. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Hi, I'm Jim Muehlbronner, managing partner at DelVal Insurance Group. Give us a call. We're a local, knowledgeable agency, not an 800 number. Go Birds! Yes, Thursday before the Super Bowl. Barrett Brooks, Derek Gunn, Rob Ellis. Brooksy is in Phoenix, Arizona, getting ready for the game, doing all of his uh, his work that he's got to do today, tomorrow, and leading up to the game itself. We're looking forward to uh, all of that for sure. All right, Barrett, I'm going to start with this one then. Um, as I mentioned before, we took a timeout. You're the Chiefs offensive line. You see this defensive line that, that had four guys that were in double-digit sacks that also has Fletcher Cox, that also has uh, Namikon Sue, that has Linval Joseph, Milton Williams. They just run waves at you, man. Um, and while they do have some good offensive linemen, for sure, they also have some weak links. So can this O-line keep the heat off of Mahomes enough to allow him to, to do Patrick Mahomes-like things? No. Muted, bud. Yeah, you go. Okay. No, they cannot. No, no, no. They, they can't. And, but the thing is, Andy Reid understands that. So since he knows this, you know, the second team is just as good as the fir- first team, you know, and, and that's the that's what makes this Eagles defensive line so great. You got Hassan Reddick. You got Sweat. Then you got Hargraves and Fletcher Cox who are starting. But then they throw out a whole new group of guys with Brandon Graham on one side. Then, you, you know, you got, you got Indomitian Sue. You've got uh, either Milton Williams or Linville Joseph there. Then they bring in Patrick Johnson, who's who's lit up a little bit. Brandon Graham's lit, lit up a little bit. I mean, these guys come in in waves and waves and waves. So it's hard to really get some relief from that when you have that many you know guys coming at you. 
and the weakest link on this on that um, Kansas City Chiefs offensive line are the tackles. Orlando Brown is supposed to be um, a, a, a big time player. Yep. He hasn't played well this year. Their their strength is those interior guys. Creed Humphreys is probably the second or third best offensive um, center in the league. Mm-hmm. The two guards, you know, what's the name? Uh, uh, Don Thunny or whatever his name is. Yeah, Tony, Tony from from uh, from the Patriots back in the day. Yeah, yeah he's pretty good. And Trace Smith, they're mm-hmm. good. They're okay. They'll hold up, but they won't be able to hold up against Hargraves that are going at them every single time. Then you put Lindrill Joseph on, who's going to beat to the death. Then you turn around and get a fast guy when you come in with uh, Milton Williams who can get up the field. Hargraves gets up the field. You know, on the outside, they're going to collapse the pocket. They're going to, you know, instead of rushing up the field and, and, and running that hump, those guys are going to try to collapse the pocket. You get to get to quarterback depth and then close it in on them. Keep him inside the pocket. If you can do that, it'll be hard for him to run that offense because he's used to getting out of improvising. He's used to being able to go out there and use his athletic talent. And then he throws all that, you know, crazy stuff like over his back and all that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. You got to take that initial rush and, and him get out and slide out in order for him to be comfortable. Now, we don't understand Big Red is, is, is very good at game plan. He's had two weeks to get, you know, those guys at the snuff on what he wants to do. So what they're going to do is they're going to run some screens. We call them slow screens. Those are the screens to the running backs and the tight ends. Those guys, they call it slow screen because the play develops. They might go chip, and then they turn around, and then they throw it to him and let that offensive line, let the guys beat him up the field, and then now they get to the second level and try to block down the second level. That's what we call a slow screen. Mm-hmm. But they also go run the tunnel, uh, tunnel screens, get those guys out on the edges to, 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 uh, to play well. You know, like, you know, Kadavius Tony, if he plays, get him on a screen, you know, screen play, maybe run him on reverse, a jet sweep. That's what he is. He's not going to be a guy. Andy Reid is not going to put guys in positions where they don't want to succeed. We know Kadarius Tony can't run routes. He's not good at running routes. So what Big Red will do is give him those jet sweeps, give him those tunnel screens, give him like slants, things, those type of things to just get the ball in his hands and let him go. But then you got Juju Smith-Schuster. He's going to run those slants, those comebacks, those stop routes. Then you got uh, Valdez Scanlon. You know, MVS, he's he he can he can take the top off. He's fast. He got some wheels. That's how they're gonna try to do it. Sky Moore, the rookie's gonna have to play at a high level. He's a second round pick. He should be playing at a high level. Well, Big Red's gonna test him this week. He's gonna make sure that he gets in the ball and try to get over the top on him. Hmm. We know that's how Big Red's gonna game plan him, but can they execute it? I think that our defense, they're gonna have to go out there and play tougher on the outside. They're gonna have to play close, they're gonna have to play tight coverage. Because you have to take that first initial read for Patrick Mahomes. If we can take that first initial read off, then they can go out there and get to him then. You know, that just that one second of taking that initial read off allows them to get the pass rush and and and, and heat him up a little bit. But you gotta play press coverage. Would you agree that Kansas City's best chance to stay in a rhythm to have a chance is a quick passing game? You you have to have a quick passing game. This, you that's have the only to. way they succeed. That's the only way they can succeed against this defense. Absolutely. They're not going to be able to throw the ball down the field. They're going to have to have the quick passing game, but that's why you have to play press coverage. This is where Gannon is going to make his hay as far as being one of the best, one of the better defensive coordinators, you know, in football. If he can go out there and have those guys playing and taking on a more aggressive mindset mm-hmm. at the press corner positions, they'll be great, man, because – 
I don't think that their receivers can beat RDBs on a consistent level. Mm-hmm. They won't be able to. And once, you know, they, they, they get out of rhythm and they're going to try to push the ball down the field. That's what they do. Now, I can see them going out and, and, and putting um, that offense into two-man routes. What I mean by that, mm-hmm. running play action, leaving in more blockers, and just run a two-man route on the outside with, with uh, Juju and, uh, and MVS. I can see him doing that. That that way, but when you do that, you got to leave Kelsey in, and they don't want to do that. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? They don't want to leave those tight ends in to help with blocking. So you're gonna have to. You know what I'm saying? The the Noah Grays, the you know the, the the Blake Bells, those guys would have to stay in the block, and then run play action. But you can only do that if you allow Isaiah Pacheco, Pacheco to have a good game running the ball. Big mm-hmm. Red doesn't want to run the ball, but he knows he's gonna have to against this defense he's going to have to run the ball and run the ball consistently i want to i want to pick up on something you just said you know the the gannon aspect of this if he can contain this chiefs offense and the eagles win this game and kansas city doesn't go crazy you know i think he'll win over the people in the city but i also think he then becomes if not this year going into next year one of the hottest commodities even though he's a defensive coordinator man they lose this game at kansas city even though it is kansas city and patrick mahomes people are going to want blood like, this is a real swing game for, for Jonathan Gannon, where I don't think Steichen, like, if the offense doesn't do great, people aren't going to come out with pitchforks for Steichen. But if, if for Jonathan Gannon, this is a this is like a swing vote kind of game in a big way for him, man. Well, you know what? I think he kind of won the fans over last game. You know, with the, the gutting 49ers. thing? Yeah. He said, let's effing gut. We're going to effing gut him. That's all he really needed to do for this, 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 you know, our fan base to really say, all right, then he may be one of our guys. You know what I'm saying? And he said that he didn't do it. Um, he didn't he didn't do it for clicks and views. You know, he didn't know that he was yeah. getting recorded. Right. You knew he was getting recorded. Yeah, well, but, everybody knows you're getting recorded nowadays. Right. <laughs> right. But, but I do think know, in his defense it was spur of the moment. It wasn't like yeah. oh you absolutely. Yeah. Interacting with the fans, you gotta be that way. Here in Philadelphia, you don't look, I'm talking about here in Philadelphia. I feel like I'm in Philadelphia because all the fans I see out here. But here, you know, he's gotta understand this fan base, man. It's we feel like we pay your salary as a defensive coordinator, as a player. So that's that's how I always felt playing for the Eagles. This fan base feels as though they pay your salary. So they have something to say. They feel as though if they mortgage their house to get tickets, that meant they went without paying their mortgage because they wanted to pay you. Right. So we have that type of mentality as fan as a fan base. Yeah. And I get it. I get it. And that's the way I took it as a player. And that's the same way I look at it now. I told you about the story when um, uh, we lost against Dallas. And I went, I went to this, um, this, this Italian restaurant yeah. down there. I think it was off Oregon Avenue. The food was great. I mean, it was, I mean, for like two weeks straight, me and the family went to this place. It was great. You know what I'm saying? Great Italian food. Brought it out, real hometown type of food, man. So we lost to Dallas. And I come in, I got the family. I got my kids and Wife and everybody, you know, kids would go to this thing. And I'm a, I'm a, uh, it's my second, second or third year in the league. And all of a sudden, I come in and we sit down. And I'm thinking it's going to be the same type of era. You know, we lost to Dallas, you know, so they're, I know they're a little pissed off. But then the grandmother starts cussing me out. And I know they were cuss words, even though it's in Italian. I know they were cuss words because some of the words sound the same as American cuss words. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> she was going off. So the sun comes out. And grabs, you know, I said, oh, man, I apologize, you know, I apologize for her. I'm like, well, what did I do to her? Did I do something wrong? What did I do to her? He said, no, nah, man, you guys lost to Dallas. She lost 15 grand. 
It's the greatest. It, it is. It's absolutely the greatest. That's, that's, what, that's, that's, that's what it means. That, that is what it means. Hey, let me let me sneak this in real quick because the Sixers are involved in a three-way trade. Matisse Thibel is headed to Portland. Yep. Uh, and the the Sixers are getting Jalen McDaniels, who's three and D power forward. He's 6'9", 205. He's 25 years old. This is his fourth year. He's with the Hornets. He's averaging 10 points, almost five rebounds per game. He's shooting at 30, almost 33% from three and 45% from the field. So that's who's coming back uh, in that deal. But Thibel headed to Portland. Jalen McDaniels, he's out of San Diego State. He was a second-round pick in 2019. That's all we know right now uh, with who's coming Who's coming here. See, Rob, you got another player fired. See? <laughs> I you started with a manager last May, and you're working your way. It didn't stop with baseball. Mm-hmm. Now you're on to the NBA. You know, good, what, good thing I that? like you guys. Hockey, I thing. know. Yeah, right, right. You but, know. but you said you said the same thing about Kyrie. Oh, Kyrie is just trying to get him out. If he wants to get out of him, yeah. so be it. Let him go. Those are your words, and look what happens. I know. I know. Yeah. Oh, 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 so the. Uh, I mean, not so, Kyrie, but um, but uh, 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 the other star. What's his name? Um, um Durant. Durant. Kevin KD. Durant going KD. to going to Arizona. Yeah, I, I, my first thought as soon as the Kyrie thing went, Kyrie thing went down was now they're working on the on the Kevin Durant deal. And absolutely, they did. That's what you said, and then yeah. what happens? Yeah, and he's, he's gone. He's in St. Phoenix. Uh, so they get um, picks in the Sixers deal with Portland and Charlotte, a 2029 second round pick from Portland, and a 2024 pick. I guess that was the Knicks pick originally. I, I don't know. We'll get more details on it. It sounds these like NBA, a, these NBA trades are. I know this man in terms of you get four unprotected or protected first round picks, 23, 24, 27, 37. I'm like, how do you make deals like that? Yeah, no, it's crazy. But that, yeah, so we'll see if there's more. The trade deadline is two hours and 15 minutes away. So there's, there's time to do more if they're going to do more. But I didn't want to interrupt, but that, okay, Barrett. So that's, that's what we're, you know what we're looking at here in terms of what the Eagles' defensive line is going to do. How do you Hold contain huh? Dan Dan Sidio, Yeah, I, I think that was what she said. <laughs> yes, yeah, Dan, you you know it, Dan. Yeah, Woo. I'm sure. Right. Don't, don't ask Dan to translate. Don't tell. I don't know translate. what it means, but I'm sure it's bad. Yeah, right. Bleepity bleep 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 bleep. There's my translation. Right, right, um, right, right, right. But um, uh, flip it then. You know, Chris Jones is obviously a formidable guy, and this guy's nasty. So, and they have other pieces. You know, they're not quite at the level the Eagles are in that sense, but they have other pieces too. So, do you have any worries? I mean, this is the strength of the Eagles, the offensive line. How do you, how do you view the way that you go about, you know, doing the same kind of number on Jones that you did maybe on a Nick Bosa? I, I don't have I don't have any worries, and it's not because of Chris Jones is not good. It's more so Chris Jones is good, but yeah. I mean, I got the smartest center in the league, you know, and he's going to make sure that he's going to have a double team on Chris Jones all the time. And that's what makes Kelsey great because he can manipulate uh, the calls to make sure that he's protected on either side, you know, from, you know, being on Chris uh, Jones man to man all the time, you know, or having, you know, one of those guards on a man to man. He's going to slide the protection his way. He's going to call it so they can make sure that they have somebody there and there's going to be a double team there. See, that's, 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 that's almost a, you know, that's, that's, that's almost like, you know, something we don't even, we, we don't even look at. We don't really say anything about it because, 
He's so good at doing that and calling calls to do it. We're almost spoiled on how good Jason Kelsey is. The little things that we don't see and know are the little things that make and break a great offensive line. And that's why they're so consistent at protecting because Kelsey's so good at calling protections to slide to us. So if Chris Jones lines up on the right side, they'll call uh they'll call Ray Big. Ray Big means the the um the Ray part means the center and right guard are working together and then uh to that backer right there. And then the big side on the back side the two big guys on the big guys there. So they'll have the um they'll have the the one technique and the and the end on the other side. That's what the big part is. You're going to slide to them. If Chris Jones says, "All right, I'm going to go on the left side." Then he'll call a loop big or he'll call a Liz call and just slide a whole protection to him. If he's on the outside, on the left side, they'll call Liz and that slides everybody over. That way you'll still have a double team going to him with the offensive line. But, well, you know, Dickerson will have the inside of him and then um, Jordan Malato will have the outside of him. They'll block him like that. That's the great part of having a center that can call the protections that way to guard against, you know, somebody being overwhelmed by somebody. Now, the matchup between George Kaloftis and, and Frank Clark, they got to go man to man. They got to go. They got to make it happen. They, they, they just got to go mano y mano. They got to win the battle. Battle, uh, Barrett, we just had Jeff McLean on a short while ago, and, and he was talking about how from his talking to Jason Kelsey and Kelsey's mom, he believes Kelsey may return in 2023. Now, there was another part of the story that says Kelsey has also set himself up with his brand. His podcast is doing well. He's got so many different ventures. You know, his mom said he's having more fun now than he's ever had playing football. You think that's enough indication that win or lose, he's coming back again because of the nucleus of guys he's playing with now? Lose. If he loses, he'll be back. If Mm -hmm. he wins, you might have to think about it. You know, even though he's having fun right now, Kelsey's already had fun. He's already in a position where, uh, you know, if he wanted to hang it up, he could still have fun. You know, he's made so mm-hmm. much money. He's made a ton of money. He's one of the simplest guys in the world. The only thing that will bring him back, the only thing that is bringing him back is the guys in the locker room. And that's really going to depend on how they pay guys going forward. You know what I mean? Like, if they don't have a lot of these guys, like Fletcher Cox won't be there. This positive BG won't be there. Why would he want to stick around? You know, those are the guys that fundamentally were built through those guys right there. And if those guys start disappearing, why would Kelsey stick around? I, I you, you know, know what? To answer, to answer your question, though, to answer your question, I would say more so because if he looks to his left or to his right, his boys are still there. You know how well, offensive lines undergo a lot of changes, except say Amalo, possibly. Yeah, 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 yeah. But Lane's still there. Malata's still there. Dickerson's not going anywhere. So his boy, four, at least three, three, four fifths of that offensive line will be intact in 2023. Yes. What's Lane's contract like, Diga? I know you, you and him talk. Um, uh, I'd have to look it up. I'm not, I'm not sure off the top of my head. I have to look it up in terms of how much he has left. But I know he's, yeah, all, yeah. he is, he's adamant about playing at least two more years in the NFL. Right. Uh, right he's right. got pulling it up now. Um, you know, nothing's guaranteed uh, after this season for him. See? Uh, he's going to make a base of 14 next year, 13.4, 16.5. It can be voided in the 26th year. 
So he's got at least two more seasons. Okay. So with that said, even though three, there's no guarantee money. Okay, yeah. three. Well, you said could be voided in 26. So I'm assuming prior to the 26 season. So 23, 24. Oh, you're right. Three seasons. So here's what I think is going to happen. And he and he's done this a couple of times already he's 32, for the organization. By the way. Yeah. Um, once they give once they give Hurst that money, he'll be one of the first ones they approach about restructuring again. Yeah, he's been he's been very good with his organization a couple of times about restructuring his money to help pay somebody else uh, that they want to get in here. So I think that's the course they're going to take with him again, because he knows even though the restructuring, he's getting that money somewhere. That money right, just yeah. disappearing. Yeah, so. true, true. Uh, Barrett, let me hit you with this. I, I know you're confident. I know the fan base is confident. Uh, the Chiefs are 17 and one in their last 18 against the NFC. Does that worry you at all? I mean. All those like stuff like that doesn't worry me. Um, I don't worry about, you know, statistics from past games. What I do worry about is how good the team is that I've been watching um, clips on and everything. This team is they're fundamentally a team on the offensive side of the ball that the running back positions are are, are, are so good that I think that's going to be that's going to be the dagger, you know, that, that that's going to continue to stick um, that Eagles team. They, I mean, if they can, if they can go out and, and, and render those guys, cause I'm not worried about the receivers, but what I am worried about are those running backs, you know, Isaiah Pacheco, uh, Jared McKinnon, Clyde yeah. Edwards, Alaris yeah. back. Yep. Yep. So those three guys are impact players. I can see them going in and playing, um, you know, probably, you know, 21 personnel, two running backs, one tight end. As a defense, how is Gannon going to counter that? How do you – do you keep your nickel in or do you put in a another linebacker to, to cover one of those running backs? Or do you do you, um, do you keep a safety in to cover one of those line, uh, running backs? You know, that's, that's, that's a hard game that you have to play. You know, how do you allocate resources to cover those two backs? Because if you put – uh, Pacheco in and McKinnon in. Those are two really good weapons that can go out there and make some plays, yeah. even on the outside as receivers. They're running after the catch is crazy. Mm-hmm. McKinnon has he has like nine or ten touchdowns. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. these aren't slouches from great the pass catcher. Great yep. pass. Yes, that's yep. what I'm saying. You know, so those guys, those guys are good. You know, you you have to treat them like they're they're wide receivers, but they're big. You know, they might run you over. Mm. So, you know, to me, that's the only thing that really not necessarily worries me, but I know Gannon's going to have to be on this game because I can see those guys keeping the chains moving for, for um, you know, for this offense. You get all the pass rush you want in the world, get there, and you almost get there. You got, you know, you got, you know, Pat, Pat Mahomes and ripping his jersey off of him, and he just dumps it off to one of the running backs, and there he goes and scoops for 10 yards for the first down. And you know, that's that's – that's good. That's hard, man. If you allocate, if you allocate a safety on one of the running backs, now you're allowing Kelsey to have one-on-one coverage with a linebacker, and that's a nightmare. Or if you even yes. try to put a DB on, on on Kelsey, they don't have they don't have a one-on-one person that can handle Kelsey by himself. No, no, they don't. You, you, no. So, but you're right. If they do go twenty-one personnel, you have to you have to allocate a DB on one of those running backs because they're not just your average running back. Unless you go big nickel. If you go big yeah. nickel, that'll be his savior. And when you put big nickel in, that's tough because you know now you have to um now you have to you know rely and trust 
Yeah, Kayvon Wallace. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. You got. Uh, you got. You got. You got to. He's got to be that bracket guy for him. He's got to be the guy that you know that that's going to be in the double team with with Kelsey. You know what I'm saying? Or yeah. He's going to have to be one on one against one of the running backs. That's that's and, what and it I, is. I, you know, I mean, God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, no, how, how much do you like, and, you know, as uh, our buddy Marcus says, uh, be prepared for screens. How much how much do you fight, like, getting away from who you are? Like, you you obviously adapt a game plan to whoever you're playing, but you also have to stay true to who you are. How, how big a challenge is yes. that for coaches in a game like this? Well, see, I don't like that because, you know, we all know Gannon likes that bend but don't break mentality. Mm-hmm. Right. And I don't want I don't want him to you know I don't want him to be necessarily scared to 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 play, play press coverage, you know, to to guard against you know and not guard against the first initial read that Patrick Will has, and he plays his guys back, and it'll be like you know giving candy to a baby, you know, he just be playing pitch and catch with guys if they play back. We don't want that. You want to stay aggressive on it. But we know he has the mentality. Look, we'll take the 10 yards here, the eight yards here, just as long as we're not getting beat deep, you know, and, and we can deal with that. No, I can't deal with that. I can't deal with it. I want you to play aggressive. I want you to get up in somebody's face. You're going to have to do that. And, you know, he's got to have that mindset that he's going to be able to go out there and handle those type of circumstances, handle, you know, playing man-to-man with these guys and, and, and giving them an opportunity to play aggressive football, you got to do it, man. You got to do it. Okay. All right. Let's get a, let's get a timeout. Uh, Barrett will stick around. We're going to talk to Mike Sealski. Uh, he's got a great piece, and we'll talk to him about it when we come back on Jeff Stoutland. You know where he came up, how he got to where he is today, what drives him, all those kind of things. We'll talk about that with Mike when we come back. Barrett, great analysis in that segment, by the way. Uh, Thanks, so we'll bro. come back. We'll talk to Mike. We'll keep it rolling. That's D Gun. I'm Rob Ellis. That's Barrett Brooks. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. I want to tell you right now about pro action restoration. Yes, uh, if you have a business, you have a home, you have a property, and you go through the inconvenience of water, fire, smoke, mold damage, whatever the case may be, you're not really sure who to turn to. They are the people. Pro action is on call 24 hours, seven days a week to assist. I can tell you personally, I reached out to them on a Saturday. They got right out, fixed the problem. The price was right. It could not have been a better experience. You will uh, value how quickly and what an unbelievable job that they will do. They are licensed, bonded, fully insured, serving the tri-state area for more than two decades. ProAction will work in conjunction with your insurance company also. So again, water, fire, smoke damage, mold remediation, you name it, they can handle it. Give them a call. 610-623-3760-610. 623-3760 or online at proactionrestoration.com. That's proactionrestoration.com. The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Go for the beers, go for the cheers, go for the hit and the hits, go for the scene, go for the screens, go for the gallery, go for the win. 
go to ocean. that taxes are just part of life. It's true during our working years, but also in retirement. But what you might not know is up to 85% of your Social Security benefits might be taxed. Our team at Thrive Financial has helped retire thousands of people across the Delaware Valley by asking questions they never knew they needed to ask, including how their Social Security benefits might be taxed. It's time to be proactive on taxes. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today. Jeff D'Ambrosio doesn't need a special event to appreciate his customers. Jeff shows his appreciation to them every day of the year. Jeff makes sure to stock more new inventory than anyone and guarantees prices and payments that nobody can beat. There are so many reasons that thousands of customers know Jeff is the easy, friendly place to do business. More for their trades. No judgment zone for credit issues. The best, most reliable service department in the country. That's why I like Jeff, and I know you will too. Jeff will satisfy you every day. Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown, Owner Appreciation Event. Post game show with Seth Joyner. I knew that they had a running game. Derek Gunn. He has put in the effort. Devin Caney. Had we not won the Super Bowl, what would we be saying? And Mike Missanelli. Well, you know how Philly is. Post game, now streaming on the 6ABC family of apps. Why do millions of people every year from around the world visit Philly's Rocky statue? You want to tell me the sky is burgundy with green stripes and yellow polka dots? I'll meet you on that. But you're never going to convince me Rocky is anything other than the pure greatness that it is. Never going to happen. Join me, Paul Farber, for WHYY's The Statue. We're going on a journey to explore the biography of the Rocky statue. Find us wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, is 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 Rob frozen? Yeah, hey, Robert, hey, Robert is frozen. Robert is frozen. Hey, welcome back to this uh this Thursday edition, Super Bowl edition of Sports Take. That's Barry Brooks joining us live from Glendale, Arizona, the sun and fun of Glendale, Arizona. And there is the man that we promised we would bring you, Mike Sealski of the Philadelphia Inquirer. Mike, uh, look. They got the fake cactus behind you. Is that is that for, for ambiance? Is that it? <laughs> I'm down in the Gunner. I'm down in the lobby of my hotel in downtown Phoenix. Yeah. Um, so I picked the spot that would have the phoniest ambiance possible <laughs> in the and, lobby, and, and we uh, appreciate it. Yeah, this is what I came up with. Um, you know, it, it, you I could find I, a bigger cactus. I mean, seriously, I, I could have set up in front of a Taco Bell or something, but I decided no, no, not man, to. No, don't do that, man. We appreciate that. That's that's the kind of second level effort that you, get, you don't get anywhere else. <laughs> this uh, is true. I walked by there this morning. I, I walked yeah. by that same place this morning, man. So I yeah. was just there, bro. So oh my I, God. I, I, I came up to upstairs to do the show. Nice, <laughs> um, Mike. I I loved the piece on Jeff Stoutland. Uh, yeah. I, you went back nice. to Staten Island where he grew up. You talked to his. You know, his old neighbors, his, you know, the high school coach, the, the whole nine. You painted a great picture. Just 
he, uh, there were a lot of things I didn't know in there. Like he had the heart procedure. He was a worried mm. guy. He was, you know, they were kind of anxiety ridden. And then he decided after he had a procedure on his, like, you know what, I'm going to, whatever, wherever ends up happening here, it's not going to be just being worried constantly, but give me a little insight on what you learned from, from Stoutland. Yeah, you know, he's a fascinating figure to me, Rob, um, because he's generally regarded, right. As the best offensive line coach in the NFL. And yet I felt like we didn't know a whole lot about him being, on like the New York accent that he has, you know, and Stalin University and the fact that he's become like a cult figure to Eagle to the Eagles and their fans. So like one quick example. OK, he grew up on Staten Island. He goes to college at Southern Connecticut State mm -hmm. University, and he was so into football that he and his roommate and teammate would sit in a freshman year anatomy class and diagram plays together using M&Ms. The regular M&Ms were all the skill position players, the quarterbacks, the running backs, wide receivers, and the bigger peanut M&Ms were the linemen. And they would move them all around the, the table, the desktop, and if you know a skill position M&M got hit and got crunched, that was their way of saying, like, a guy missed the block or something like that. So this was when he was a freshman in college, and then he just kind of – you know, he looks at coaching as his calling. Uh, he bounced around, went from program to program in college football. And finally, when the Eagles reached out to him in 2012 uh, and early 2013, uh, Nick Saban kind of gave Stalin his blessing to go take the job. Uh, and he's been with the Eagles ever since. But real quick, Mike, the first time Howie approaches him, it, oh, wasn't yeah. a, it wasn't a friendly greeting that Stoutland gave him on the field before an Alabama LSU game, correct? No, Howie told this story the other night that, um, you know, it was toward the end of the 2012 season. The Eagles yeah. weren't doing well. They knew Howard Mudd was going to retire as the offensive line coach. And Andy Reid suggested to Howie, hey, go ask, go look into Jeff Stoutland because he was that much of a legend in college football. So Howie flies down there and wants to get on the field before Alabama LSU at Tiger Stadium to talk to Stoutland and, and Stout of course is like locked in and focused on the game and how he goes there down on the field and says to him, Hey Stout, we got to get you into the NFL. And Stout looks at him and says, get the F out of here. Basically, <laughs> you know, I got a game to coach. Um, but as I said, they kind of kept after him. And when they, the Eagles fired Andy and hired Chip Kelly, how he asked Chip, Hey, who do you thinking for the offensive line? And Chip said, well, have you ever heard of Jeff Stoutland? Mm. And how he said it was, you know, it was perfect. It was like perfection. So in a way, I think he was kind of meant to be an Eagles coach. Mike, how, how long did it take you to compile a story? Because it was so in depth. Uh, when did you start this story and how long did it take you to finish it? Uh, I started it last week, Gunner. Um, I went up to Staten Island a week ago today, actually, on mm -hmm. Thursday, drove up to Port Richmond High School uh, right on the island. From where I live, it's only like an hour and a half. Okay. Um, you know, it's funny, Gunner. I, I say this all the time as a joke, but I think it's true. Like, I feel like people in Philadelphia think that the New York City area is on the dark side of the moon or something. Like, it's so far away. And it's 90 minutes, you know. Yeah, it's really yeah. not that far. And I was kind of stunned that nobody had ever done this before. Like, drive up there to see his old neighborhood. And his house is still there, this tiny little house right next to a park. And that's where he played touch football and tackle football. Um, and then it was just a matter of kind of making phone calls. Um, I got Kevin Gilbride on the phone, who was Stout's college coach, familiar name in NFL circles, mm -hmm. everybody knows who he is. Um, and then just one call led to another, led to another. And everybody had these great anecdotes about him. Mm. You know, uh, and, and how he dealt with Jason Peters, you know, they had made the trade before, um, you know, Stalin was there. 
but I see how he took so many of the coaching tips that Jason Peters gave him and developed them into his game. And I think that's really what's the turning point of, of really him being one of the greatest coach ever. His ability to get those tackles, to set like Jason, believe in what Jason was doing, and him to still keep that same mindset for those guys going forward. You know, I think Jason Peters kind of really um, almost was this affirmation as far as being one of the best coaches because he believed in what Jason Peters had taught him. Yeah, I think there's a lot of truth in that, too, in that, Barrett. And I think the other thing, too, and Stout talked about this, was the way that he approaches coaching these linemen. The first thing he does is that he talks to them about what the defense is trying to do to them. So that as long as they understand that, if they understand where a guy's lining up, how he's going to try to attack them, where they can use angles and leverage, uh, then they can better understand what they need to do from a technique standpoint and why they need to do it. And then everything kind of, you know, flows from there. Mm. So, Mike, uh, a couple other odds and ends I wanted to hit you with with some of the other stuff that you've uh, you've written. Again, a phenomenal job on the uh, on the Stoutland stuff. Thanks. But uh, James Bradbury is another one to me. It, it's kind of interesting because, you know, there were a lot of questions whether he was on the downside or it was just a bad situation in New York. Clearly, he can still play, um, but they're paying Slay a lot. They may have to deal with C.J. Gardner Johnson. You know, to go with everything else, you, you know, free agent wise, um, you have any kind of idea what what kind of priority he's going to be, or do you do you kind of just chalk this up to, man, what what a, what a great rental for a year? Uh, how, how do you think the organization's looking at it? I would be surprised if Bradbury came back, Rob, and that's not a slight on him I at agree. all. Yeah. You know that that is not uh, you know uh, a judgment on how he's been because he's been terrific. You could argue that he's been more consistent and overall better than Darius Slay has been this season. As good as Slay was early on, Bradbury's been more consistent. Um, But the fact is he's going to make a ton of money in the offseason. He's 29 years old. Uh, He's had a great year. Uh, He he has the kind of the wind at his back in terms of, you know, the Giants had cut him for cap reasons, and he signs with the Eagles for $7.5 That's actually less than the cap hit the Giants are taking, uh, you know, took this year by cutting him. And, you know, they're not going to – they've kind of mastered – they being the Eagles have kind of mastered this ability, how he's mastered this ability to kind of let a guy walk and not overpay for him and then find somebody else, you know, during an offseason or late in the game uh, to bring in. So I, I just look at this and say, you know, they're grateful that they got Bradbury. They're, they're particularly grateful that he had such a terrific season. But I don't think Howie's going to look at him and say, you know what, we got to overpay to keep him. They'll say, he'll say – Hey, you know, James, thank you. Good luck. And we'll go try to find somebody else. We all assume that uh, Jalen is going to get his money this offseason. And with that said, when you look at the multitude of players on defense that could walk free, how severely do you think it's going to put a dent in how he, now, as great as how he is, it's, it, 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 working at the cap, how much do, of a significant dent do you think that's going to put in his ability to keep the bulk of these guys? Yeah, it's hard to say right now, Gunner. I think, you know, I'd be surprised if Fletcher Cox came back, for instance. You know, there's $14 million that comes off the books. Um, You know, we don't know yet what Jason Kelsey's going to do. I would be surprised if he retired, but who knows? You know, he's he's clearly thought about it the last two, three years. Um, You know, knowing Howie, like we all do, I'm sure there's like a sliding scale of, okay, if once we know about these guys – 
and whether they're coming back and whether we can bring them back and do we want to bring them back, that will affect how much uh, they're willing to offer Jalen, you know, the lengths that they're willing to go to in terms of negotiating with Jalen and things like that. I don't think it's just the one thing, um, you know, and I don't think it's a matter of like saying goodbye to a bunch of players simply for the sake of signing Jalen right. Hurts to the contract he's going to get. It's kind of a, you know, the whole thing is fluid in a lot of different ways. Mm. So, Mike, your your sense of the game. We talked earlier. I'm sorry, Barry. Do you, you want to hit something? I didn't know if you were muted or not. Go ahead. Yeah, I was muted. I'm sorry about that. Um, I, you know, I, with the whole Jalen situation and how we're, we're going forward with that, Jalen is by no uh, – there's no doubt the franchise quarterback for for this Eagle team. And I think the going rate right now is probably, you know, 45 million. You know, do you think there will be any of a hometown discount that Jalen would give this this um, Eagles team to keep, you know, some of those guys around to try to make a run for it? Will he be the Brady S type of guy in his first contract or is it going to be later on that he's going to do that? I don't know that he'll do it at all, Barrett. Yeah, um, uh, you know, I think, I think that's a rare thing uh, to, to have a player who hits the market, who does it in the way Jalen has done it, being a second round pick and making the, the leap that he made in his third season. Um, and the way that Jalen thinks of himself, you know, a guy who, who likes to compare himself and likes to be compared to Michael Jordan does not strike me as the kind of guy who's going to give <laughs> the team a hometown discount. Maybe I'm wrong right. about that, and I don't hold that against Jalen, yeah. but it doesn't strike right. me that he's, he'd be inclined to do that for the Eagles. Yeah, I think you got one guy who you're looking at a real serious hometown discount. It's probably Brandon Graham. I, I don't know that there's going to be anybody else. Mike, yeah. I, again, in that sport, get every penny you can get, man, for, for the way he yeah. matches your body. Yeah. I think Fletch will. I think Fletch will. I do. I think Fletch will. That would have to be an awful big discount. I mean, you he's know, coming 14 off of fourteen million dollars. Yeah, yeah I mean, fourteen right, million dollars right, right. this year. You're chopping that a third, maybe. Probably. Yeah, and, he and, might get seven. He might get seven. Okay, maybe. Yeah, maybe. But they have so much depth along the defensive line. Yes, you know, with and and with so many draft picks coming up, you know, and who knows who they've targeted, who may become available, or they think is going to become available. Um, you know, th this team's going to look different next year, guys. It absolutely is. Yeah, no question. Well, I mean, let's, let's, let's get to the game then. You know, I'm, I'm yeah. sorry, guys. I want to push towards the game. Yeah. What do you think Gannon's chances are of shutting down Patrick Mahomes? Honestly. Yeah, you know, that's a great question, Barrett. Um, look, the, the way that you do it is that the way – is the way the Eagles can do it and have done it to other quarterbacks this season, which is pressure and particularly pressure with the front four and or with one blitzer uh, or with Hassan Reddick just being relentless. Um, that's the way you, you shut this down. And, you know, you've got to be creative in terms of covering Travis Kelsey. I think you'll see Bradbury on him. I think you'll see CJ Gardner-Johnson, Avante Maddox, maybe a linebacker once in a while. you got to throw different looks at them. Uh, we know Andy Reid is going to be prepared at the start of this game. Uh, and the question becomes, how does Gannon adjust? How does Sirianni and Shane Steichen adjust in their play calling uh, to whatever the Chiefs are doing defensively? And, you know, it's funny, guys. As accomplished a coach as Andy Reid is, as great as he is, and he's a top 10, I think, all-time coach, don't you kind of feel like the Eagles, that their coaches have the advantage when it comes to in-game adjustments and kind of decisions that need to be made quickly to win this game, if it comes oh, down to that? Absolutely. Don't you yeah. feel better about Sirianni yeah. and Gannon than you do Andy? Pre-game Andy, yes. in-game Eagles. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes. I, I, that's kind of yes. how I look at it. The only, <laughs> the only thing, the only thing I would say, Mike, is you have one coach who has a plethora of experience at games at this level. You have another coach who doesn't. That's the only. Thing. But in terms of the chess pieces being able to move them at any given moment, the Eagles have a decided advantage in that regard. Yeah, and you know, I, it was just occurred to me, Gunner. Like, think too. I think one of the interesting. Um, potential storylines in the game is what happens if the Chiefs take an early lead? What happens if it's like 14 to 3 or 21 to 10, something like that? And here's why I think that's interesting. On the one hand, you have a young coaching staff who would be in a position in Sirianni and Steichen and Gannon that they haven't really been in but maybe once all year, right? The Jaguars took a 14-0 lead on them in week three or four, and and that's been it. On the flip side, in Andy Reid, you have a coach who has lost some playoff games where he's had some big leads, yep. including the AFC championship game just last season. So um, th- that's going to be interesting to me. If, if the Chiefs get out to an early lead, what happens then? Can they, can they hold on to it? Can they maintain that distance? Or do the Eagles find a way to kind of come charging back and not panic? Mm. Yeah, well said, Mike. Well said. Um, historically, if they win this thing, 17 wins. A lot best of Eagles team, best Eagles team of all time. If they win, there you go. That's where I was going. That's with. it. Yeah, that's it. They're the, they might be the best team already. Like in terms of the talent and the way that they, if you take the totality of the of the whole season, right? Like the best New England Patriots team of all time is the one that went eighteen and one and lost in the Super Bowl, right? Like they didn't win, but they're better than any other team that won Absolutely. during Absolutely. that period. And I think the same sort of prin- yeah. yeah, the same sort of principle would apply here. Um, if the Eagles win, there's no doubt it's it's the best Eagles team of all time. Mike, I got I got some insight for you. If that happens, you should do a story with the Seth Joyner team because they talk about how that was the best nucleus of players ever. They didn't win it anything but they felt that roster and then you should talk to Ike Reese. Ike Reese beats his chest about the 2004 team was the best team ever. That'd be a great story to do. I'll tell you this, Gunner. The 04 team has an argument. None of those teams that Seth was on have that argument. You can't win one playoff game in five years and argue that you're somehow the the best team in franchise history. Give me a break. (laughs) Well, well, I was about to say my 1995 team, we beat up on the Detroit Lions, but I guess (laughs) – What? What? Yeah. yeah, that team, Barrett, that team would be the best Detroit Lions team of all time. That 95 <laughs> team. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, Mike, so you're – I'm going to ask you the same thing I asked Jeff McClain. The city is in, in rare form because they're actually confident. In fact, overly confident. You know how it is. It's usually gloom and doom, worst case – you're you're digging through. You're excavating to find bad things. All right, they're not doing that this time. Around. How do you explain that? Oh, and that was the nasty drop there. Uh, how do yeah. you explain that? Uh, <laughs> you know, this is Andy Reid. This is Patrick Mahomes. They're they, they're in the Super Bowl like every other year. This team. I, I think a few factors are at play, Rob. Number one, I think the obvious one is the Eagles were so good all year that it it did feel kind of like okay, they're going to get to the Super Bowl, right? And they won the two playoff games so convincingly. Um, with, with their starters in there, there was no kind of underdog component with the backup quarterback and a, you know, a slew of injuries, things like that. So that's one thing. The other factor, another factor is they won five years ago. It's not like the, the city's been waiting and waiting and waiting 50 some years 
for the Eagles to win a Super Bowl. Um, we, they just experienced that joy a few years ago. And here's the other factor that I don't feel like enough people are talking about. I think there would be a lot more anxiety in Philadelphia if Andy Reid hadn't already won one Super Bowl. Mm. Because people would be saying to themselves, oh my gosh, the coach who was here 14 years and couldn't win one with us is going to beat us in this big game. I think the fact that Andy's already got one under his belt, it becomes a thing that like not as people aren't paying as close attention to and aren't as worked up about. Mm. Well, hey, give me one player right now on the defensive side of the ball will be pivotal uh, in, in, in a Eagles win. That's a great question. I think it's, it, it's whatever three headed defensive back linebacker monster um, is, is sticking with Travis Kelsey, right? right. Like Kelsey's, You've got to try to limit him as much as you can. Um, you've got to keep him from really damaging you. You know, he had, what, I think nine or ten catches in that Super Bowl loss a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but none of them really did all that much damage, and, and the Buccaneers did such a good job of harassing and pressuring Mahomes. White that, played a- yeah, so, yeah, White, White's going to be part of that, but I don't think it's just going to be one guy on Travis Kelsey. Um, and I don't think it's going to be one guy – yeah, it's if you want to talk to one, about one person as opposed to one player, it's going to be Jonathan Gannon, I would say. All right, well, I love it, man. I mean, I just think just my own insight: Kazir White and CJ Garner Johnson bracket covers them. Let's hope that's the case, right there. That'd be the best opportunity. I'm not sure. I love Travis Kelsey against uh, Kazir White if I'm the Eagles, but you know, we'll see what they do. How about Hurts? Um, you know, didn't light the world on fire. Didn't have to in their in the, the playoff games. They ran the ball forty four times each game. That's going to take away from some of his numbers, that's for sure. But a couple opportunities missed, maybe with some deep shots. Uh, two weeks to let the shoulder heal. He's as cool as a cucumber, Mike. Uh, how do you think he plays in this game? I think he plays, for lack of a better way of putting it, Rob, like all out. I think, and what I mean by that is. It's not that he was going to try his hardest. Of course, he's going to try his hardest. But I think the idea that they're going to shack, be sh- he's going to be shackled or, you know, we saw a couple instances in the playoff games where he might have run out of bounds as opposed to turning the ball upfield on a carry. Uh, I think that goes out the window in this game. It has to. It's, it's for all the marbles. Um, and I'm curious to see how he fares early on because Lord knows the Eagles want to throw the ball early to get the lead. Doesn't change, you know, that, that dynamic doesn't change even with Jalen Hurts in his shoulder. Uh, and especially after two weeks of it being allowed to heal. So I think the early, the early uh, series in this game uh, will tell us a lot about Jalen Hurts and how he's going to perform. Mike, there's so many variables in this game because of that other team, Kansas City, that we talk about that we don't know what to expect. But as we sit here right now, if you're a betting man, do you, do you anticipate the Eagles running or throwing the ball more? Probably running it. I think because it'll keep Kansas City off the field too, which you obviously want to do. And the Eagles um, can be explosive running the ball. You know, the NFL changed this season, Gunner. Look at the, the, the average yards per carry was higher than I think it's ever been in league history. More teams were running the ball for big plays uh, than in a long time. And the Eagles can do that. Uh, Hertz can do it. Miles Sanders can do it. Lately, Kenny Gainwell has been doing it. So, I think you'll probably end up seeing them run the ball a little bit more. I think it'll be similar to what we've seen the last couple of weeks. Not that Hertz is only going to throw for like 150 yards, mm-hmm. but I think the Eagles are going to be able to, I don't think the issue in the game is the Eagles 
ability to move the ball against the Kansas City defense. I think the question is, can Mahomes and the Chiefs outscore them? Yeah, yeah it's going to be fascinating. Yeah, that's, you that's think great, Eagles, man. Yeah. Do you think Eagles win the game, Mike? I picked them 38-24 last, last week in my column. I just oh. I think they're the better team. I do. I think at some level, you know, Rob, you mentioned the, the uncomfortable position that everybody in Philadelphia is in by thinking the Eagles are going to win the Super Bowl. Right. They're the best team in the league, and sometimes I think it's just that simple. I think it'll be a fun game, an exciting game, but I think they're going to win, and I think they're going to win by two touchdowns. All right, Mike, what's the next big story we can, uh, we can look for here? You know, Rob, it's funny. I just went out to uh, Tempe this morning at the Sun Devil Stadium. I'm doing a, a piece on the Eagles almost moved to Phoenix back in 1984, oh, and there, wow. was a, there was a mystery always associated with that story. Uh, and I solved the mystery and uh, I'm, I'm not going to reveal any more cause I want people to read it, but, uh, yeah. So that's, what's coming up next. Yeah. That was, uh, when, yeah. Leonard Toast was in the throes of his, uh, his, his gambling debts and he was, uh, threatening to sell the team and the league stepped in. All right. But that's yep. good, Mike. We're looking forward to it, man. We appreciate you giving us a couple minutes. All right. Any t- anytime guys. Enjoy uh, it. Great right. to see you. Take, Take care. care man. Yep. All right. Take B, care. You got to hop off too for a minute here. Yeah. Yeah. I got to go to radio row fellas. Go do okay. your thing, man. Do All your right, thing, we'll, bro. We'll talk to you. All right. Appreciate it, Barry. All right. And then there were two, Gunner. Me and you, baby. We're hanging. We're hanging, man. We're not going anywhere. Yeah. I, I, interesting insights. You know, we've had Jeff McClain on. We just had Mike Sielski. We're going to have Matt Lombardo in a little bit. Certainly get his breakdown, his take on this game um, for sure. But, you know, it, Derek, it seems like everybody we've spoken to, and I'm correct me if I'm wrong, I'm going back to last week too, has picked the Eagles. Right. And I don't I can't recall any of our any of our guests going the other way. Am I wrong about that? No, I, th- I think it makes McC- me nervous. I think McClain, I think McLean said he's leaning towards the Eagles. He's yeah, still, yeah, yeah. He, but but basically that's that's a pick in, so far in favor of the Eagles. It, it's understandable. They, they have the most complete roster in the NFL and they're still standing. They have all 22 starters still available. They have the best depth. You're playing a Kansas City team that has relied heavily on youth, which you cannot call rookies at this stage of the season anymore because they have 17 games, uh, 19 games under their belt now. So they're not rookies anymore. Um, But they have the Eagles have the superior firepower on both sides of the football in all phases of the game. Defensive line, linebacker, secondary, uh, running backs, wide receivers, offensive line. The, The only big difference is the the experience of a Patrick Mahomes versus an up and coming superstar in Jalen Hurts who's on the grand stage for the first time, but when you add up all the pluses and minuses, see the Eagles as we've seen they can afford to lose a player here or there mm-hmm. and plug and play somebody in and you don't miss a beat. A team like Kansas City, you lose X amount of players, especially on the defensive side, you're taking a severe hit. They don't have that kind of depth and rotation. So I think that's why a lot of people or everybody we've talked to anyway has leaned towards the Eagles. I find it interesting that most people that we've talked to have picked the Eagles to win by double digits. And yet the odd makers, that line has not moved. It's still at one and a half, mm-hmm. you know, and like we always talk about Vegas knows something. Yeah. Something that we don't know. Yeah. You know, uh, but I do think it's interesting that everybody's picking Eagles to win it by double digits. Yeah, and look, I always go back to the lines. That's where I start. That's, you know, it's not where you finish, but that's where you start. Um, And there's no question, you know, when it comes to both sides of the line, advantage Eagles, man, you know, and and, and 
then you get to the quarterback thing and that could offset everything. You know, yeah. a quarterback goes crazy or has a bad game. That's why it's, it's hard to handicap. Sometimes you just don't know. And you know, Mahomes has experienced this hurts. Hasn't how much of a factor is that? I don't think that hurts goes in there and plays scared. No, no. But having been there is an advantage. I don't care what you're doing. If you've done it before, that helps you in that situation. And we don't know. We really don't know what sleight of hands Andy Reid has under his his yep. sleeve. Yeah. Because the, he's not going to play just a conventional game. No. You know, Barrett, as well as a lot of people, you know, Kansas City's got to try to run the ball. Well, do they? Mm-hmm. Because whatever you think they're going to do, they're not going to do it. They're going to do something different. I've seen enough of Andy Reid's coaching, and I've seen enough of this Kansas City team over the last four or five years to understand that they're not a conventional football team on the offensive side. And that's why they've been so consistently successful over the last four or five years in Andy Reid's tenure. All right, no question. Let, let's hit it here. Let's come back. Matt Lombardo is going to join us. Looking to, forward to talking to Matt from Heavy On Sports. He is their senior NFL reporter. So let's get a quick timeout. Come back. Matt Lombardo is on deck from Arizona. He's Derek Gunn. I'm Rob Ellis. We're Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. I want to tell you about Flynn Tree Services right now. They're an experienced, licensed, and insured Pennsylvania tree services company that will trim or remove any unwanted trees off of your property. They offer cost-effective solutions to any tree problem that you may face. They service southeastern Pennsylvania, South Jersey, and northern Delaware. Flynn Tree Services specializes in tree removal, stump grinding, as well as tree pruning. Now, keep in mind, we got storm, hurricane season. It's upon us right now. It's a great time to get your trees evaluated before the weather gets worse. Just go to their Facebook or Instagram page for a sampling of their work or more information. You can call them at 610-850-2848, 610-850-2848, or online at FlynnTreeServices.com. That's FlynnTreeServices.com. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to ocean. Philadelphia fans. We're cut from a different cloth. Born into a brotherhood and bonded to our team for life. We believe anything is possible because we've witnessed the impossible. While we may be from different neighborhoods, come Sunday, we are one and we will be heard. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Hi everybody, my name is Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech we offer three major services. The first one being basement waterproofing. The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you are having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. Why do millions of people every year from around the world visit Philly's Rocky statue? You want to tell me the sky is burgundy with green stripes and yellow polka dots? I'll meet you on that. But Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers Hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durban Marshall credit card bill. 
everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You're never going to convince me Rocky is anything other than the pure greatness that it is. Never going to happen. Join me, Paul Farber, for WHYY's The Statue. We're going on a journey to explore the biography of the Rocky statue. Find us wherever you get your podcasts. With Seth Joyner. I knew that they had a running game. Derek Gunn. He has put in the effort. Devin Caney. Had we not won the Super Bowl, what would we be saying? And Mike Missanelli. Well, you know how Philly is. Post game, now streaming on the 6ABC family of apps. Are back. Thanks for hanging out with us on this Thursday. We're getting there, people. We're three about three days and change away from the big game. And joining us right now from Arizona, we just keep it rolling from Heavy on Sports, senior NFL reporter. You can follow him on Twitter at Matt Lombardo NFL. There, uh, that's a real cactus. Unlike Seal Steve, Look at that thing, man. Nailed it in with some phony cactus. Lombo brings a real one with him. Good work out of you, Lombo. Guys, I always bring the A game for Gunner and Rob. I mean, that's how can right. you not? When you stumble into this sort of a backdrop, you got to use it as often as you can. Is that your hotel, man? That place is phenomenal. It sure is. When you book ahead and you don't rely on the NFL, you, you find some diamonds in the rough. My man. Hey, hey, I will tell you this. Don't lean back too far because I've been stuck <laughs> by one of those things. You don't want to get stuck by that thing behind you. Optical illusion, Gunner. Believe me. I, I, I did the step off to make sure that I would be okay. Always prepared. How are you guys doing back east? Uh, we're, we're doing great, man. Lamba, you've been out there. Correct me if I'm wrong. When did you get there? Sunday or Monday? Yeah. When did you get it? Okay. Yeah, flew in Sunday morning, kind of like to ease into the week, man. You come off a mobile, and that's just a marathon for your liver, trying to do the whole networking thing late at night, roll into Super Bowl week. You got to sit by the pool for a couple hours and kind of ease into the workload of this yeah, week, especially uh, with the Eagles yeah. and Chiefs coming into town. All right, g- give us the best meal slash craziest thing that you've seen, biggest celebrity site, whatever. Give give us a little feel for for. Glendale, Phoenix area, Scottsdale. Oh, yeah, I'll break it back home. A little bit of Philadelphia for you. Last night I was rolling with our good pal Joe Sazak, uh, smoking cigars in Scottsdale. Went to a state. Oh, the Sun Twins are back. Burgers and mac and cheese. Sun Twins in the Valley to the Sun. There might be a reunion happening later today. Okay. A pop up shop, if you will. So I like um, it. 
a Sun Twin reunion was a lot of fun, and uh, media night is always a circus. I mean, when you pack 15,000 fans into a hockey arena to watch players get interviewed and ask crazy questions, that's – uh, it, that, that basically sums up Super Bowl week in a nutshell. And, and Matt, when you get there early in a week and you hit the ground running, man, and you're running like nonstop, <laughs> doesn't it feel good when it gets to the latter part of the week, you get to breathe a little bit and enjoy the ambiance around you? Yeah, you know what? I enjoyed it going in, Gunner, because uh, due to a bit of a schedule, a uh, credentialing snafu, I'm actually flying back on a red eye tonight. I'm not even oh. staying for the game. So I wanted to ease in and enjoy the, the enjoyment before the game. So we're out here covering everything leading into the game, talking to the folks on the ground here. And uh, we will be back home in the uh, football headquarters for Super Bowl Sunday. Interesting. Interesting. All right, Matt. So uh, in looking at this, you have the experience from a coaching standpoint, the experience of Andy Reid, you know, a bit of a, a neophyte, if you will, for, for Nick Sirianni, despite having the great year. Uh, and, and the unbelievable, what is it, 28-4 uh, coming off a of bye week for Andy as well. Uh, how great an advantage is the coaching aspect of this thing in terms of experience in your estimation? I think it levels the playing field a little bit in a really interesting way, right? Because we all know how good Andy Reid is coming off the bye, and a lot of what Andy Reid does well comes down to preparation. But, you know, you look at Andy Reid's history, and we saw it in the fourth quarter of that AFC championship game, a little bit conservative in big spots in big games. You saw it when they punted the ball with two minutes left, gave the ball back to Joe Burrow and the Bengals. It wound up working out because Chris Jones wrecked the game. But I think that helps what Andy Reid does really well. But what Nick Sirianni does well is he's so hyper-aggressive. He's so analytics-driven. And even the fourth-down play call against the Giants, it wasn't just going for it on fourth down. They aired it out, and they went 39 yards down the field on that deep ball. I don't know that the the week off helps or hurts anybody, other than maybe it gives Andy Reid the extra chance to whip up something special and unique for the Eagles because he's so good after the bye. But I don't look at this as a, a coaching mismatch because of what Nick Sirianni does so well has powered success in this modern game. In the time you've been there this week, what's the favorite story? What's your favorite story that you've done this week? Uh, you know, it was actually um, my, my role was really transitioned to a lot of like on camera and digital uh, video okay. type of type of stuff. But I had a six minute sit, sit down with Sal Palantonio mm -hmm. and we talked a lot about how this game, he, he said it, which I thought was really interesting. It's the Super Bowl of Jalen Hurts, that his legacy in a lot of ways is going to be defined by how he performs in this game because you only get one crack at your first Super Bowl. And I thought that was pretty interesting because Patrick Mahomes, I think, is already destined for the Hall of Fame. And if you put two rings on your finger, that solidifies that legacy. He's probably the MVP this year. And Jalen Hurts has a long career in front of him. And I think the way that he plays this game – sorry, some, some, something must be burning down here. You're about to get locked up. Are you, are you sure, are you you better, sure they're not coming for you? better make a run for it, man. They're yeah, coming really. for you. Uh, two fire trucks are rolling by. Okay, right. I was going to say Gunner's got the bail money in case you're in trouble, man. But it's I, anyway. I, I hope. I hope you know. I, I was wondering why you're getting out of town so soon. Maybe they got you before you got out of town. <laughs> they did. They did. But I thought the point that Sal made was really interesting, in that this is Jalen's first time at the first Super Bowl, and that's where you really make your mark. But I think if you look at the trajectory ahead of Jalen Hurts, guys. I watched Jalen Hurts, and I think that he plays the game above the shoulders in a way that's very similar to Peyton Manning. And I think I might have said this on your show previously. Yeah. I think he's a more – we're going to look up in five or ten years and look at him as a more mobile version of Peyton Manning because of all they ask him to do, getting all the run fits situated before the snap, reading defenses pre-snap, evaluating all of those things, the audibles. 
I really think that Jalen Hurts has the chance to launch his career on Sunday night on a national level because in Philadelphia, people get it. And people who watch the sport get it. But if, if he beats Patrick Mahomes, that elevates him into that stratosphere alongside Mahomes and Joe Burrow and the, the impending exits of the Aaron Rodgerses of the world. I, I think this really has the chance to be an early career-defining moment for Jalen Hurts. Matt, you bring up a good point. Like, we, we've seen it all year. We saw it even the last couple of years with him, just how dialed in, mature, insanely mature this guy is for his age. But has this been kind of a coming-out party nationally where everybody's saying, like, damn, this dude's impressive, man. I think it's building towards that, Rob. I think that if he wins this game on Sunday and beats the Kansas City Chiefs, look, I think the Eagles are the deeper team, but they're not playing They're not playing the Pittsburgh Steelers of this year, right? They're not playing the, the uh, turmoil-ridden Las Vegas Raiders. Mm-hmm. The Chiefs are a damn good football team, and, and they survived the gauntlet of going through a, a conference that included the Buffalo Bills and the Cincinnati Bengals and, to a slightly lesser degree, the Jacksonville Jaguars. They got through the gauntlet. So if you go out and you do that on this stage against that team, that's how I think Jalen Hurts becomes that quote-unquote household name and and that face of the league. And I think you'll see him more front and center in coming years if they can get this done on Sunday. I I saw saw, um, your your interview with with Sal, and and I listened to all the pundits talk about what this is to Jalen Hurts. Do you think too much honest has been being put on his shoulders in his first Super Bowl appearance in some ways? I don't, Gunner, only because from my conversations with him and people around him, I think he gets it. And, you know, I go back to my conversation I had with Jim Nagy, the director of the Super Bowl, Senior Bowl, back in late September, early October. And he kind of told the narrative of they had him in Mobile for a week. He was okay. He was average. Flew to watch him throw at the Combine, much better there. Watched him in Eagles training camp after he got drafted, significantly better from the Combine. And we've watched Jalen Hurts get better and better and better each week. I think he has this mentality of constantly trying to better himself every single day. I think he does a really nice job of blocking out the noise, positive and negative. Seems very even-keeled, very business-like, very workman-like. I think the team has kind of adopted that mentality. So I, I, maybe I'm wrong about this, but I just don't get the sense that Jalen Hurts is going to be rattled by the stage or the, the build-up to this game. I, I think he gets it. I think he has the tools to handle it. I don't think he's going to have a pretty good game. If he's fully healthy. Yeah. Uh, listen, I'm with you. And, he, and I, I feel like – I think we're going to see some kind of bust-out A.J. Brown kind of game, Matt. I, you know, he's been – some of it was – you know, I know Jalen missed him on a couple, and, you know, maybe he wasn't quite at his peak in the Giants game. He was a little bit banged up. I, I feel like this is going to be a big A.J. Brown day. Do you get that same sense? I do, because it's been the Devonta Smith show during the playoffs. I think this is the week that A.J. Brown puts on a show, and it's a big stage. And A.J. Brown is a big stage type of player. I, I think that he matches up well against that secondary. And I think the Eagles are going to test them, especially early, in the same way that they tested the Giants with Smith on the other side. You know, it's funny. All this week, we've talked so much about the big elements of this game for the Eagles from the coaching staff, the quarterback, the receivers. We haven't talked much about Miles Sanders mm-hmm. in terms of this could be his last game as a Philadelphia Eagle. And how it could put it could put the the signature moment on his money that's upcoming, a thousand yard rusher. He overcame yeah. the stigma of not being able to stay healthy, not being able to be durable. And if he if he shines in this game on a national st- stage, this could put him in a financial position 
that even he probably didn't even think he could get at this point. For sure. And and you look at some of the running back needy teams around the league, the yeah. Buffalo Bills could easily come knocking and Miles Sanders could very easily be in a situation to play for another Super Bowl appearance next year. I think they will be a great fit. You know, the Miami Dolphins and Mike McDaniel's offense, I think with the way asked their running backs to do, Miles Sanders does pretty well uh, as well. He could certainly juice the market a little bit if he had plus out for 100 yards and two scores, which I think is reasonable. Yeah, it, the, the running back thing is so fascinating in that league, Matt. I mean, where you draft guys, B. John Robinson coming out of Texas, where do you, where do you, how much do you pay these guys? Like, I, I don't know if it's a foregone conclusion that Miles doesn't come back. I, I, I think the Eagles will let him play the field and, and see what's out there because I don't know yeah. the teams anymore are willing to, like, they all regretted the, the Ezekiel Elliott uh, signing. Even the, we see how effective McCaffrey can be, but, you know, for, for Carolina, that, that hurt them badly cap wise. That's why they had to trade him, right? Yeah. I mean, they, they had to unload him because of the deal and they needed to rebuild. And, and you know, I'll, I'll go a step further here. We all talk about running backs. I, I'm starting to get the sense, just talking to people, that the NFL, the, the economics of the NFL are kind of out of whack when it comes to quarterbacks. Because when you look at the teams that win Super Bowls, dating back, to, I think it's the year 2000. If Patrick Mahomes wins, he'll be the first quarterback to account for more than 15% of his team's salary cap to win the Super Bowl. Hmm. Nick Foles and Carson Wentz, rookie deals. Russell Wilson won it on a rookie deal. Tom Brady always took less money. He was cheap. And even last year with Matthew Stafford, didn't reach that 15% threshold. So once you pay a quarterback, all of a sudden you can't build the kind of super team and depth of a roster that the Eagles have. Um, I, I think that might be the conversation that's coming down the pike, especially if Mahomes and the Chiefs don't get this done on Sunday. What do you think the national scuttlebutt is there so far? I mean, of the people you've talked to about which way they, they're leaning in this game, who they like in this game, and in certain scenarios to see itself play out in this game. Yeah, you know, Gunnar, there have been a few whispers of people thinking that the Cincinnati Bengals should be here, that the Bengals would be a better game. And, you know, I, I've come on the show. You know how high I am on Joe Burrow and how I think that ceiling is for that franchise in the next couple of years. But I don't know that I buy into that. I think the Chiefs certainly did what they needed to do to get here. I think that the the national narrative about them, you know, kind of not belonging in this game, if that's even a thing, I, I think that's that's kind of wrong. Um, there's a lot of talk about how the Eagles are as deep as it gets. A lot of, you know, kudos to Howie Roseman are being thrown around in conversation and deservedly so. I think he's going to be the runaway executive of the year winner. Um, but But I think this is going to be one of these games where they match up really well, strength on strength at almost every position. And I don't get the sense this is going to be a blowout, guys. I heard you, Gunner, talking about how people have come on your show and predicted double-digit wins for the Eagles, yeah. double-digit point wins for the Eagles. Yeah. I don't see it that way at all. I think this is going to yeah. be one of those instant classic type of Super Bowls that uh, people are going to be talking about for years to come. Mm. It feel, I agree with you, Matt. I think this thing comes down to the wire, by the way. Um, it, it feels like, to me at least, the Eagles could live off of maybe not an A game from Jalen Hurts. But Kansas City cannot not get double negative there for you. Uh, an A game for Patrick Mahomes. Would you agree? Yeah, I do actually, because the Eagles have done it. I don't think that Jalen Hurts was at his best against the Giants, and they didn't need him to be. And certainly against that defense in the San Francisco 49ers, I didn't get the sense that the Eagles put the game on his shoulders at all. And to his credit, Jalen still made two or three big runs in the fourth quarter to get that insurance touchdown and put the game on ice. So he did what he needed to do. Um, you know, you look at what, how the Chiefs got here, conversely, in that championship game, 
Patrick Mahomes took that game over in the final five or six minutes of the game, both mm-hmm. with his legs and manipulating the pocket on a bad ankle. I mean, I keep going back to the touchdown pass to Marcus Valdez-Scantling in an insanely tight window. The Chiefs need Patrick Mahomes to be the magician. They need Mahomes' magic to win this Super Bowl, where I don't think the Eagles, with as many weapons as they have, as dominant as that offensive line is, as efficient as they are in the ground game, I don't think the Eagles need to put the game on Jalen Hurts' shoulders. Mm-hmm. Where does Andy Reid rank for you, Matt? And I'm talking like all-timer here. I mean, and how much would another one, another ring, cement you know his place as, as one of the greats if he's not already there in your estimation? Yeah, Rob, I talked about this on my podcast last week. I think that with a win, not only does he cement his place as – the second most influential, maybe the, the most influential coach of his generation, the second best coach of his generation, and all five, all time, if you get another Super Bowl ring with another franchise, I think Andy Reid locks himself into that top five conversation because people want to talk about Chuck Knoll and Tom Landry. You know, they did it in an era where there wasn't a salary cap. They did it in an era where there wasn't free agency, where you could keep these super teams together for five, six, seven years. And Andy Reid built two franchises basically from the ground up mm-hmm. in an era where you have free agency and player movement. And it's so tough to evaluate. He found two franchise quarterbacks, right? Mm-hmm. He took Donovan McNabb to what four NFC championship games yep. at a Super Bowl, identified Donovan McNabb in what was supposed to be this great quarterback class that didn't develop. And he identified Patrick Mahomes. And you look at the tree. Or, or the cactus, if you will, behind me. You know, Ron Rivera goes to a Super Bowl. Or John Harbaugh wins a Super Bowl. Doug Peterson wins a Super Bowl. The tree, mm-hmm. I think, is what cements Andy Reid in that conversation with Lombardi, Belichick, Walsh, and Shula. You put yeah. him next on that list. And I think it's also imperative that we, we recognize the fact that Andy goes to another franchise and in 10 years has yet to have a losing season. And he yeah. still has a, the ability – to get the most out of these players, even at the age of 65, he still has a way to relate to these players. These players still gravitate towards him, you know. And, and as, yeah. you know, when you get when you get younger players and older coaches, there's always that that imaginary divide. You know what I mean? Of the old, Gunner, old Patrick school. Mahomes, you know? Patrick Mahomes wanted to buy fake mustaches to have yes. players wear them coming off the plane because yeah. of the the commercial they do together, and not enough guys bought in. But you know, the fact that, that they're even having that conversation about Andy Reid. At this stage of his career, at this age, I think that's telling about the kind of coach that he is. The yeah, fact that I, Andy Reid is doing commercials, he never did that stuff before. <laughs> now he's really opened up in his, his the twilight of his career. He's a little looser now, you know? You, you got to love that, Matt. But I think he's just so innovative, too, and he's been so willing to not just be stuck in and set in his ways. Like, I've had success, so I'm going to do it my way. He is an adaptable guy, man, and I think that's his greatest trait. Yeah, I do too. And, you know, you look at kind of they're not afraid to do run a lot of RPOs that they might not have ran back when he was having success with the Eagles and was a strictly West Coast offense. Evolves, changes, builds systems around his quarterbacks and his players. I'm with you. If you look at the accomplishments, the rings, the influence, and the innovativeness, I think I just made up the word there. Uh, it, it puts Andy Reid in the conversation of, of, at least in my opinion, a, a top five to ever do it. Hey, I want to ask you something away from the Eagles and um, uh, the Chiefs Super Bowl. story that came out recently is that the executive director of the NFLPA, DeMar Smith, says he would like to see the combine done away with. How, how do you feel about that? And, and has there been any talk about that? And I thought I think it's interesting that it's coming up now. 
Yeah, Gunnar, you know, I, I know that agents don't particularly love the combine. And I know especially the COVID year where there were the restrictions on who could yeah. get access to the players and what they could eat. I think that was a big issue. You know, it's interesting because I think that there's a lot of value in the interview settings. There's a lot of value, especially in uh, a central hub for all of the medical exams that get distributed to all 32 teams. But if you walked up to me at this bar and you said, hey, you know, what do you think about the idea of them doing away with the drills that in a couple of years there's going to be no more on-field combine drills? I can see it. I, you know, I, I don't think the NFL will acquiesce because mm -hmm. that's hours and hours of replay programming for NFL Network. But I can see where the NFLPA and the agents get behind the idea of no more on-field workouts, no more on-field testing, and you just go off of pro days, which are more favorable for these players anyway, and film. You know, we're going off of film. I mean, you talk to scouts, and and scouts get more value out of their evaluations of watching these guys play football than they do – running the 40 yard dash of the three mm -hmm. by the way how about the story uh just kind of jumping around a little bit but remember last week jerry jones talked about how you know the eagles were, were one of those teams like the rams that just went all in and they didn't care they're gonna spend they're gonna do whatever it takes they'll pay you the price how about the story that jeffrey Lurie called jimmy johnson like dude what is he talking about how is he lumping us in did you guys see this one I, it just tells you how out of touch and, and clueless Jerry Jones is, and it's no wonder the franchise has run the way it's run, speaking of NFL things. But. Yeah, I, I didn't see that story, Rob, but, yeah. but, but if he picked up the phone and called, run that by me again, that he, he tried to lump the Eagles in with teams. Jerry Jones, oh, yeah. Yeah, a couple of weeks pick. back, said basically yeah. we've seen teams just kind of push all in without thinking about the future like the Rams and the Eagles. So he lumped yeah, the I, Eagles I don't, in with I don't, I don't get that at all because, no. I mean, you look at how they built their offensive line. They invest in the offensive line every year. You know, Landon Dickerson, you know, the, all these guys they draft to have plug and play if an injury yep. hits and they get them cheap in the second or third round. Uh, they built through the draft and then they had the opportunity with the cap space to go out and, and get a Kudzir White who fits Jonathan Gannon's system. They picked James Bradbury off the scrap heap. They uh, trade for Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. You know, it's – I don't get the sense that it's all in. I think they recognize that they had a window here before Jalen gets expensive. They realized they needed to get the kind of players that fit Gannon's scheme, and they went out and got them. And look, if, if you survey the rest of the NFC, e even if they have to lose some pieces due to salary cap issues this offseason, look around the rest of the NFC. Tom Brady's gone, right? You know, the Rams have real roster issues that they're paying for. The Saints are in cap hell it's finally catching up to them all the years of kicking the can down the road even if the roster takes a step back from a star power standpoint if they have Jalen Hurts it's them and who the Cowboys and Dak mm -hmm. yeah. you know the, the, the Niners need to figure out their quarterback situation I think the Eagles have a window here as long as they have Jalen um and even if they take a step back so I don't get the sense they went all in at all I think yeah it's kind of silly. absolutely all right Matt who wins the game man what's the final yeah, I have the Eagles in this one, and I'm with you, Rob. I think it's tight. It comes down to the wire, and I could see something like a Jake Elliott 38-yard walk-off to win at 27-26. I'm with you. All right, nice. brother. Nice. Listen, enjoy. Great setting. We like the effort right there <laughs> yeah. with your cactus. Have fun, man, for the rest of the time you have there. I know you're getting out of there pretty quickly, but have fun, Matt. We appreciate it. Safe man. travels back, man. Yeah, and I suggest you everybody check out, yeah, check out Matt's work. Uh, heavy on sports, senior NFL reporter. He does an awesome job, man. Anything else you want to plug for us uh, on, the, on the way out, Matt? 
Yeah, check out the Matt Lombardo show. Check it out on uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube. Uh, we have a lot of fun with that. We have some, some big-time guests coming out of here over the next couple of weeks. So it's been a lot of fun. Just like this conversation with you guys is always a lot of fun. Perfect. Thank All you, right. brother. Appreciate Matt, it. Appreciate it, man. Safe trip back. Place. Thanks. All right, take care. That was good setting right there. That's what we like, Gunner. We like the cactus. We like the uh, yeah, man. the vibe, if you will. We got to get Barrett out and about. I think tomorrow, how about we do this tomorrow? What's All that? Right? We're just brainstorming. We're spitballing. Okay. Barrett does the entire show walking around and see what, see what we can stumble into. How's that? Just outside, you know not it, in his hotel, man. It's, it's a great idea. You know Barrett ain't walking outside for, for three hours. Do you know that's not happening? How about one segment he does that? I would like to see him do it one segment. Only if, if he's – now, he said his hotel is downtown, so he's right there in the heart of where everything is going. Yeah. If he was out in Scottsdale, you don't get a flavor for it because everybody's so spread out. But yeah. because he's downtown, he's in a perfect spot to give you a flavor of downtown Phoenix. That would be awesome. Maybe I'm going to do like man on the street, just grab a few people who you think is going to win kind of stuff. Yeah. Just, well, you know, just something different. I mean, you know? You, you know, if you're even anywhere near, we had uh, you know Tony Bruno on yesterday. He was just essentially right where the parking lot is. Yes. People rolling out of the parking lot. was hilarious. Killed. Yeah. Jim McMahon in a wheelchair, Howard Eskin, all these people. I mean, it was ridiculous. Kyle man. Turley. Yeah. Kyle it was, Turley. It was, it was crazy. crazy. Yeah, it was good. It was good. So we'll see. I'll, I'll run that past him. I'm not having a good feeling that I'm going to get a positive response. <laughs> Come back. Sanders says that's a lot of trust in B. Brooks. I know. Yeah, Tony must have had some kind of like selfie stick thing going, right? He had to. Have. I don't know. It looked like he was holding his phone. You know, I, I don't know. He may have had the selfie stick. You know, is, is that still a thing? I, mean, I remember it's, the it's selfie not, stick. It's not was, quite as long as the other. There's like there's shorter ones that, that are a little bit easier. Well, you know, most of them are. You, you have extensions on them now. Yeah. You, you know. Uh, you know what? Though? I haven't seen them in stores hardly anymore. Do people still use them? Yeah, I don't know. I, it does feel like that's kind of passe anymore. Yeah. I remember, man, we had like four or five of those things, different color styles, features on them. Now I don't even see people using them anymore. No, to I be don't honest, know. I don't know if that's a thing. But we'll. Uh, wow. I'm gonna I'm gonna take a run. We'll try and get something going, man. If he, come, we... if he comes back on the show today, let's present that to him. See what he says. All right. Now here's the other thing. He absolutely yeah. has to. I mean, he promised. It's only twenty. What do you say? Twenty eight minutes away. Whatever. Yeah. He's got to do his White Castle thing today. He's got to. He does it. We give him all pictures. kinds of heat. Oh, I'm, no question. You can't do it Saturday. You can't do it Sunday. You got to do it today or tomorrow. And we got to see the pictures. Yeah, well, that's we what I was saying. Like, he, even doing it, like, Sunday, he is – you're right. Like, there's a lot you have to do on Sunday. You do have to get there crazy, crazy early. But he, he would have to give himself proper time. And, and I, that's not always Barrett's wheelhouse. I know. I don't know. But here's the thing, Rob. He'll go to White Castle. He won't just buy a burger there. No. He'll buy a box, a box of like eight of, or two box of, of fives or whatever to take back to his room to microwave. And I'm thinking, dude, make sure you eat White Castle after you come back from Radio Row, not before you go to Radio Row. <laughs> you know yeah. what? I, 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 let me say this. I wouldn't put it past him. He gets a ton when he goes. He sticks them in a bag somewhere and he tries to, to bring it on the airport or the airplane. Right, that wouldn't right. surprise me either if he pulled that move. I wouldn't doubt it one bit knowing him, no. but I wouldn't want to sit next to him. No, thank that right you. Now. No, thank you. I wouldn't be no. on the same flight. Mm -mm. All right. Uh, so we're going to come back. We're going to keep going with the Eagles talk. We have Brad Feinberg of NBC Sports Philadelphia. Of course, live betting and bet parks. He does it. Uh, he is savant. He's the man. He is. There is a just a computer in that brain. He's going to give us some of his best plays of the Super Bowl. That's going to be at 2.30. We'll sneak in a little hoops. It was a pretty monumental night last night, Derek. Late night, 
Kevin Durant got dealt. Uh, Kyrie Irving played his first game as a Maverick. Yep. There have been other moves today on top of it. And Sixers played – Sixers made a move. We'll, we'll, we'll swing it back to that as well. And they played last night, and they uh, – another dud. To and, say the and least. I was going to say the downer is that game was there for the taking from no. the opening tip-off. 100%. 100%. they let us down. Yeah, they did. They did. All right. Let's come back. We'll dig into all that. Uh, he's Derek Gunn. I'm Rob Ellis. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. Let's tell you right now about Razor Technology. Yes, the uh, middle of an emergency is the wrong time to wonder who's in charge and how to respond. Restoring malfunctioning systems, rebooting complex servers, reconfiguring applications, bringing backups online, and reauthorizing users all takes time. And the longer it takes, the more damage that a business is exposed to. Razor Technology helps growing businesses develop a disaster recovery plan that protects all their essential data. Razor ensures all your critical systems are backed up and that backups are regularly checked to ensure that they can be deployed at a moment's notice. Depend on Razor Technology, your trusted IT managed service provider, to save time and money on your IT and cloud services. Find out if your business is built to recover from a data disaster by calling Razor Technology today at 866 797 3282, 866 797 3282. Or visit us online at Razor-Tech.com. That's Razor-Tech.com. Post-game show with Seth Joyner. I knew that they had a running game. Derek Gunn. He has put in the effort. Devin Caney. Had we not won the Super Bowl, what would we be saying? And Mike Missanelli. Well, you know how Philly is. Post-game, now streaming on the 6ABC family of apps. Why do millions of people every year from around the world visit Philly's Rocky statue? You want to tell me the sky is burgundy with green stripes and yellow polka dots? I'll meet you on that. But you're never going to convince me Rocky is anything other than the pure greatness that it is. Never going to happen. Join me, Paul Farber, for WHYY's The Statue. We're going on a journey to explore the biography of the Rocky statue. Find us wherever you get your podcasts. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank.
Hi, I'm Jim Muehlbronner, Managing Partner at DelVal Insurance Group. Give us a call. We're a local, knowledgeable agency, not an 800 number. Go Birds! up everybody thanks for hanging out with us smash that like button we are sports day jacob Thwart's youtube network d gun rob ellis uh barrett off doing some uh duties uh in arizona but he will be back with us tomorrow uh all right gunner let, let's talk a little bit of hoops uh just to sneak it in here so the late one last night came down uh we have the nba trade deadline about an hour out okay uh but late one the blockbuster kevin durant gets traded from the nets to the suns uh michael bridges Cam Johnson, Jay Crowder, four unprotected first rounders uh, come back to Brooklyn. TJ Warren also goes out to, to the Suns as well. Um, how about this? You ready for this? Durant, Harden, and Kyrie Irving played a grand total of 16 games together. 16 games together, man. Uh, you're muted, Gunner. Yeah, but that, that's, that, that was it for those guys. I saw that, and I'm thinking, are you kidding me? Only 16 games? Yeah, I know. But you know what? You know what's funny? They They finally got rid of – I hate to say this, Brooklyn malcontents. Hmm. And what they got back in return might make them more of a cohesive unit. They got some good talent back. Yeah. You know, there's no so-called superstar on this team. Um, they may better they may be a better cohesive unit. Now, obviously, Kevin Durant's a scoring machine. You don't replace that. But in terms of playing just unity team ball, Brooklyn might be better off in this case. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, what what this also does, Derek, it further exposes Ben Simmons. He's going to have to give them more than he's giving them. And I know. And that's the thing. You know, people just say, oh, it's there if he just tries a little. I, I think this is kind of who he is. Yeah, this that, that, that you, you, what he is right now, that's a crime, the money he's making for, the, for what he's putting on the court night in and night out. That's a crime. Yeah. And whoever paid him that contract should be shot for, for paying him that kind of money, you know. But you know, kudos to Ben because he got the money. He got what he wanted he for, the for, for the return that he's giving them. That yeah. man's stealing. He's stealing from people, man. Yeah. You know, but I, and I feel bad. I feel bad for Brooklyn in that regard. But I think I, I still think Brooklyn is going to be a very competitive team. It's going to take a little while to get all these new pieces acclimated and get them to play in unison. But I think. They're gonna they're gonna hurt some people's feelings down the stretch. By the time you get to mid March, you know, in, going into April, if if they keep everybody healthy, I mean, I don't expect them to be in the NBA Finals, but they'll be a solid playoff team. Yeah, no question about it. All right, so that that was a certainly a big one. Uh, that's for sure. If you didn't hear, if you're just tuning in, the Sixers made a trade. They traded Matisse Thybul. Uh, it ends up being a three way trade, Derek and the Sixers get Jalen McDaniels back. Who's a three and D guy who's averaging about, about 10 points per game, shooting it pretty decently, you know, as well. Good size, six, nine, uh, is, is a guy who, you know, fits a need that they have, Yeah, but, but let's face it. If that's all they do, it's kind of underwhelming. Yeah. Yeah. It is. I, I, I agree. Um, but then again, you, you got your guy out of town, another guy you, you rode out of town, you know, um, you, you've been screaming about Thibel forever, and I hate to admit it, I was right there with you. I'm screaming also, get him out of town. Uh, what the Sixers got back in return, 
does it does it make them a, a a better team, a deeper team? I don't know. It, it's don't a know. minor upgrade, is what it is. Uh, is it an upgrade though? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, look, we know with Thibel. Here's the problem: like Thibel, we we know what kind of defender. Yeah. He he's capable of. Okay, but the problem is he's so incredibly limited offensively that often you're playing five on four basketball. And I will say this too on defense, while he makes spectacular plays, he also makes a boneheaded place where fouls a guy shooting a three or like in a big spot. And you're like, really, come on, man. You know, like things like that he does that just drives you crazy. And just felt like you were waiting for him to take that next step and become more of a complete player. And it just, it never came to fruition for whatever reason. And, And we have to also consider how much will Doc Rivers use the new guy? I mean, is he just another body who's going to sit on a bench, play one night, miss two games, play two games in a row, miss one game? Is play ten minutes here, play twelve minutes there? Is he going to be? Is he going to have any more minutes than a Thibault had with this team? Mm-hmm. Is is he making this team any better? Yeah, you know, I, I, you know, Doc Doc gets set in his ways with who he's, he's going to play in his rotations. A lot of times it's for the better. Sometimes you scratch your head wondering why didn't you give so and so an extra amount of minutes? He was on a roll. He was hot. He he was making plays on both ends of the court, and all of a sudden he's sitting on a bench. I I don't know. You know, I, I'm I'm sure Doc had a say in the, in this move. Oh, for sure. But we have to wait and see what this guy's going to bring. This is table. also a deal to get them under the luxury tax, which yeah. a lot of people are pointing out too, and that's frustrating some Sixers fans because you see some of the other moves that are happening. You know, Durant, that's a big-time move. Uh, The Clippers get Bones Highland, who's a good player. Uh, James Wiseman gets traded from the Warriors for Sadiq Bey, but Sadiq Bey's being wheeled back to the the Hawks. I mean, good luck keeping up with all this stuff, man. It You need need to be taking copious notes to even keep up. Um, How about this one also? An an already strong Bucs team, you know, Jay Crowder was traded to the Nets. Now he's traded to Milwaukee. Yeah, he's going back to his roots because he played at Marquette. Yeah, that's a good move. That's a good move for the Bucks. I mean, yeah, it is. Get me. Yeah, you know, you're right. And we still have what roughly a little under two hours before the deadline is over. So we don't know what's coming next from teams. I mean, I don't see any more blockbuster trades, but who knows? Who knows what's coming next? No question. You know, and and another really solid, you know, maybe not blow you away kind of thing. The Knicks make a trade and they get Josh Hart. Yes, a great move for the Knicks. Good uh, move, man. Yeah. You know, a guy who could do a lot of different things and played collegiately with Jalen Brunson. You know those two have a good chemistry. And Julius Randle, Jalen Brunson. I mean, I tell you what, here's another team that just got just made itself a little bit stronger. Um, and the Knicks is going to be one of those teams. To me, the Knicks are going to be that team like Atlanta was a couple of years ago, an up-and-coming team that never truly – reach the fruition of what we thought it could be but for right now the Knicks are a scrappy team you know they're not they're not a walkover team by any stretch of the imagination when you play them you know you're going to be in a game with the Knicks Mm. and and Josh Hart that that's going to be great to put him in that lineup with them you see he Derek he's less than six five he's averaging like eight and a half rebounds per game the guy's a phenomenal rebounder for a guard like uh, uh, he's a special rebounder for that size so you know that 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 the statue just gave that's historic I think it's He's he is uh he's the first, what is he the first uh player in NBA history uh to average eight and a half rebounds that's six five or less. Yeah, and he's also a great offensive rebounder yeah, too. Yeah. He's got a nose for the for for the ball, that's for sure. Um the other the other deal, it's a there's a three-way deal where D'Angelo Russell ends up going back to the Lakers where he played early in his career, mm-hmm. which is a good move for the for the Lakers. He goes yeah. to the Lakers, uh, they move Westbrook. Westbrook 
ends up it's a three-way trade where he goes to Utah. The thought is, you know, they'll they'll uh, they'll buy him out, and the the, the Bulls may pick him up. Mm. You know, who knows? Again, you, it's it's keeping up with this. You need a flow chart to keep up with all this. Well, the, the 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 rumor is uh, Westbrook basically talked his way out of Los Angeles because uh, after that loss the other night. Him and the head coach got into a heated discussion in the locker room. Yeah. All of a sudden, the next day, he's gone. Yep. You know. Yep. Yeah. You know? I think I think they were lo- not. They were trying to move him anyway. That that yeah. was like the final nail in the yeah. coffin. You, you know, that's for yeah. sure. But mm. I, it'll be. I'd be really curious if the Sixers do anything. If the if the Sixers you know get aggressive here and, and do anything other than you know kind of cut costs, which is what it feels like more or less. Yeah, I, I don't think they can move a significant move, make another significant move because you look at the w- roster the way it is now. Who who are you moving? Who who are you moving? At, and, and, and what are you getting in return that can make you stronger yeah. than what you have? And I still think the, the Sixers have some weak links in their overall team concepts, but I don't think you can give up anything that you have and get something in return at this stage to make you any better than what you are. Yeah, I, don't, I mean, you, you're not trading and beat. You're yeah. not trading hard. You're not trading Maxi. So what else are you going to trade? You're not getting much in return for Tucker if you try to trade him. You're not getting I, much yeah. in return for Melton. You know. Well, and Harris's contract Harris. is so brutal. Yeah. So you're stuck with what you have now. Yeah, I hear you. Well, look, this makes the West really interesting now. With, with oh. Durant, you know, teaming up with Booker and Chris Paul, all of a sudden you start looking at the West and you're like. Okay, so who's the favorite? Because right, really, there hasn't been Denver's played well. Don't get me wrong. But but it doesn't. You don't feel like anybody's unbeatable out no, there. You got Memphis no. in second place. You realize the Sacramento Kings are in third place. Yes, in the West of all teams, and nobody talks about Sacramento. You hardly see them on TV. Yeah. You know they're not a, they're not a TV draw. I mean, obviously the record shows that they're a pretty good team, but I, I don't know who to, I don't know who the favorite is in the West. I don't think it's Denver to be honest. I think it might be Phoenix now. I mean, look, they've won eight of their last 10 before yeah. the trade. Yeah. They're yeah. starting, they're starting to heat up. They got Booker, you know, Booker's back and that's a big deal. You know, I think the Pelicans, when they get healthy are an interesting, dangerous team. Um, I think Memphis is dangerous for sure. Yeah. And they're not an easy team to play because they're scrappy no. and they're going to get and so fast and so they're fast. fast and athletic. So they're, they're interesting, but let's look at it from an Eastern perspective here. Now, I don't know if it changes much, Derek, because you still have Boston, right. And, We'll get to the Celtics Sixers game in a second. Milwaukee made themselves better. That's an upgrade. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Sixers are kind of status quo. Cleveland's good. I think Brooklyn yeah. falls off some. Yeah. Maybe the Knicks make a little charge, you know, a little bit of a move, but I don't know that the East really changed a ton unless there's something else that's coming. I think that Sixers game last night showed that Boston is the creme de la creme yep. in the East. You're down four starters, hmm. four starters. And it's still it's still February, but this is a measuring stick game for the Sixers on the road. You had them right where you wanted them. You had them dead to right. You closed the gaps numerous times in that game. You got within five points, Boston going to run. You got as close as one point, Boston were going to run. With their subs, we're not even talking about the front-line players, except for Jason Tatum. We're talking about with the subs and still couldn't still couldn't overcome that. I, I – it just blows me away at how that game played itself out last night. Hmm. You know, they got very little help from the bench. You know, Maxie had, what, six points? They, he was bad. Harris was bad. Terrible. I, I mean, yeah. there were some – you're right. There were some really, really weak performances. Like, I didn't think Embiid was great, but he was no. better than anybody else. I mean, he was better yeah. than most. Yeah, he had 28, 
Harden had 26. Yeah. Outside of that, it was like, somebody help us, please. Nobody else basically helped them. It's one of those games that, and they played two of these now. That Knicks game was frustrating because Knicks were coming off a back to back. They had played the night before, and the Sixers were well rested. I'm sorry. You can't tell me they didn't let down when they found out that Horford and, and Marcus Smart and Williams weren't and starting Will- the game. Yeah, you yeah. can't tell me they didn't let down. The Sixers absolutely let down. And then, yeah, and then Jalen Brown gets it was friendly fire. Nobody's fault. Yeah, they, yeah. Tatum catches him with an elbow, and then he can't come back, and you still can. You still can't have Bad loss. Yeah. They're the kind of losses. And look, we've been talking a lot of Sixers and positive Sixers, and rightfully so. They're the kind of losses that make all the doubters come out and say, yep. see, yep. see, why should I believe in this? You can beat up on the sub 500 teams, but you can't go toe to toe with the big boys. Yep. See, and that stuff, you're right. Not local, not just locally, but nationally. 100%. You know, what, yes. what is this Sixers team? Are they a mediocre team that can, can, can bully the lesser opponents, but can't stand up? to the heavyweights and, and there's not many heavyweights in the East, but you've got to show you can beat those teams. Yeah. You have to. Uh, let me give you a couple other ones. Cause this guy was rumored to maybe come to the Sixers at some point. Uh, Eric Gordon goes from the Rockets to the Clippers in mm. a multi-team deal. Luke Kennard goes from the Clippers to the Memphis Grizzlies. Um, you know, again, we're not talking about the biggest of names, but we're talking about guys who, who might help teams, yep. you know, who, who are close. Uh, so again, we get any other, any other word on any other deals, um, we, you know, we will definitely pass that along. But a lot of, a lot of, a lot of movement. Yeah. I tell you what, I would like to see, I would love to see a Western Conference final now between Dallas and Phoenix. Yes. I would love to see that. Yeah. A seven game series between those teams, Kyrie over here, Durant's over there. I would love to see that. Yeah. Oh, by the way, so Kyrie gets 24 in his debut. We, they were playing without Luca. Yep. Uh, and they won. So they're they're hope they're hoping that Luca can come back. I think before the All Star break. And yep. and the thought with Durant, by the way, just to get back to that for a minute, is that he'll be able to play right after the All Star break. Yep. Mm-hmm. So these guys are are both relatively close uh, for that. Um, what they, let's swing back to the to the NFL for a second. I know we we were texting about this. So Ron Rivera is at the Super Bowl and he's making the rounds. You know, doing yeah. all the shows and all that kind of stuff. So he basically announced that Sam Howell, the, the the kid who was a rookie this past year out of North Carolina, is going to be the starting quarterback, at least going in. He's got he's a leader in the clubhouse. Doesn't look like they're going to be in on any trades, trying to get anybody, or, or they're not drafting high enough to really get one of those, you know, the C.J. Yeah. Stroud types. Number one, my my first reaction, I think you, you were like, man, what is going on there? My is first he trying reaction, to get fired? Well, my first reaction is you're not even pretending with Wentz anymore. Like no, that is no, over, man. No. So the only thing is, I, I hope Washington is not getting hit by a cap, a, a big cap hit with Wentz. I mean, I'm, I don't, I don't know how much of their, their salary he's paying compared to Indianapolis picking up any of it. But if I'm Carson Wentz, I'm sitting home going, "What's my future in this mm-hmm. game? What, mm-hmm. what, what, what am I to this game? I mean, you know, Houston's going to draft their quarterback in the future and probably play him right away." whoever that case may be, um, a Jets a Jets team doesn't want a Carson Wentz. They already have a Zach Wilson. Mm-hmm. You know, why would you take a Carson Wentz? Mm-hmm. They're looking for a quarterback that can help them win now. Um, let's see who else who else out there needs needs a quarterback. Um, there's not know. many. There's not many open spots, man. You know, know. Seattle's negotiating with Geno Smith right now. Um, the only play now, now I can't see, I can't see San Francisco taking a wince, to be honest. Uh, uh-uh. 
I don't think so. I, I, I also think, Derek, like when you bring in a backup, you know, you don't want a headache guy. You, you no, know, you no. want a guy who, okay, if I need to plug it in, let's face it, you lose your starting quarterback most times. San Francisco's an exception. You're done. You want somebody to get you through a couple games, a Gardner Minshew type. Yeah. You know, Wentz, there's just so much baggage there. Now, I will say we have we didn't hear any negatives coming out of Washington about Wentz this season. So maybe Rivera was the kind of coach that could put him in his place and keep him under wraps. And maybe he looked in the mirror and said, you know what? I'm riding on borrowed time. I've had two teams basically uh, cast me off and put negative stuff out there about me. Maybe it was something self within where he tried to change as a player with Washington and it just didn't work out for him. Right. Um, But for Rivera, I would not, I would never have admitted that. If anything, I would have said was, you know, we're looking at all the possibilities and just left people to speculate in that regard. But to come out and say that this kid is going to be your number one quarterback right now. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking, what did he do to earn that? Ain't done anything to earn that. Not, not enough for sure. I mean, I think it's what, yeah, like it's pretty easy to say, hey, look, we're leaving options open. Uh, you know, we saw some things we liked from Sam, and he, yeah. he's certainly in that mix, and you know, whatever. So I, I don't know. I don't know. I, it's it's not a well run organization, and that's maybe just another example of it. That could be professional suicide for Ron Rivera. Or maybe he wants out. I, I don't know. I don't know Ooh. at the end of the day. Um all right, so a couple, couple other uh, odds and ends here, uh, NFL-wise. So A.J. Brown was asked who his top five receivers are. Yeah. Okay. He So he went, here's the order. Tell me if you disagree. He put himself at number five. Okay. Stephon Diggs at four. Not bad. Devontae Adams, three. Okay. Tyree Kill, two. Justin Jefferson, number one. I got to tell you, that's a pretty spot on list, man. I, I cannot argue with that list at all. Yeah. Um, as I'm watching, and I'm, and I'm thinking, okay, who would I flip? I, I can't flip any of them. Based on numbers, performance, body of work this season, I can't. No. You know, I, I think he was as honest as the day is long in terms of putting himself in that top five and respecting the four in front of him. I I, I agree with him 100%. Yeah, like I'm, I'm sitting there and I'm – I mean – I, I guess he might be the only one you could really kind of argue. Like, I, I again, I don't have a big problem with him being number five. And, if, no, and I want no. him to think he's that. Yeah, I love that. But he might be the only one. The other four are like cement kind of lugs. Oh, oh, there's no question about it. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. You know, um, could Cooper Cup have made that list? Yeah. I mean, I probably. And he mm. out of sight, out of mind because he got hurt, I guess. Yeah. Um, who else we got outside of that? Well, if you just if you're just looking at just numbers, if you just go by numbers, uh, you know, just in terms of the regular season, what what they were doing, what the receivers did, I guess you know, if I'm thinking about this, who Ooh. else you can make a case J- for? Jamar Chase. Uh, yeah, good one. Ooh, good one. Yeah, Jamar Ooh. Chase. Waddle, I think, has to be in some consideration. Yes, yes. Much as I hate to say it, CeeDee Lamb, you know. Yes. Oh, man. See, now you're we're at at 10 right now. Yeah. I think think the front four in front of AJ are solid. I don't think that's debate, uh, much of a debate. But, man, the wheels start spinning now that we mentioned four other names uh, behind AJ. Yeah. Would any of those – could any of those supplant AJ as number five? 
You know, it's it, 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 the thing that Waddle has sort of going against him is he and Tyreek sort of cannibalize one another, you know, a little yeah. bit, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, what, like I, I – What about I, Chase? I think Chase could – yeah, if Chase plays a full year, he missed time this year. I, I think if he plays a full year, I think young guys to keep your eye on, uh, Olave at some point. Yeah, he's still – He's still a year or two away from that conversation. I agree. And I think Amon Ross St. Brown is, is a little ways away from that. Garrett conversation. Wilson. Garrett Wilson. Yeah. There's a few of those guys yeah. that, that are, that are creeping, but they're not there yet. We didn't even mention Mike Evans. Right. Jeez. Right. All he does is, you know, a thousand yards every year, every year. Yeah. Jeez. We didn't even mention him. No, no question. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, it's a it great just, conversation. Speaking of, we didn't get to this yesterday cause it was insanity, but, uh, we put together our, our top 10 quarterbacks. <laughs> yes. Which was not an easy task. Dude, I, 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 I don't know what, I don't know where to start and where to end, to be honest. Yeah. yeah it was, uh, wow. we had, we had a pretty crazy day yesterday. Um, so, uh, coming up, by the way, at 2 30, we'll have Brad Feinberg. So we're looking forward to, uh, to talking to Brad. All right. You, uh, you want to be, I'll go first. I'll throw it out there. Why okay. Not? Let's see. Wait, let me get my pin here. Okay. All right. Uh, you want me to go backwards? I'll go, all right, I'll go number 10. Okay. Jared Goff. Okay, I know it's Goff. crazy. Okay. Before the yeah. season started, but he, I think he put himself back into that mix. Okay. I have Kirk Cousins at number nine. Okay. I have Trevor Lawrence at number eight. Woo. I know. I know. He's he's still young there, but I hear you. Um, number seven, I have Lamar Jackson. Okay, Jackson. Okay. Number six, I have Justin Herbert. Herbert, okay. Five, I have Aaron Rodgers. Now, I, you know, a lot of this going forward is going to depend where he ends up, how dialed in he is, but that's where I have him. Yep. Uh, number four is Josh Allen. Yep. <clears throat> number three is Jalen Hurts. Yep. Burrow, two. Yep. Mahomes, one. You and I are spot on with the top four. Okay. Yep, you're we're usually on. on the same page with these lists. Yeah, we are. Barrett's you know. Barrett's an outlier, man. You don't know what you're getting from Barrett sometimes. So. I know, man. Oh my goodness. <laughs> uh, my list is: I have Lawrence at ten. Okay. I've golf at nine. Mm-hmm. Lamar Jackson at eight. Matthew Stafford at seven. Ooh. Rogers six. Mm-hmm. Herbert five. Mm-hmm. And then Allen Hurts, Burrows, Mahomes. Okay. I, I look, I hard to really, the only one I would say is I don't know how Stafford, like what he looks like next year coming off yet another injury, right? It was a neck too, which is pretty serious stuff, but I based know. it on Stafford when he has Cooper, he didn't have Cooper cup all That's season, true. True. but, but look at his body of work in 2021. Yeah. Um, And Stafford's a good quarterback. You yeah, know, he is. He, he does. He does. He never gets mentioned in like the top five, but I think he's a top 10 quarterback. Um, when he has the pieces around him, his offensive line was decimated this year. The running game it was, it was changing parts. Uh, the defense didn't give him the ball back as much as they were accustomed to having the season before. Cooper Cup bowed out uh, early in the season for him, um, and he took a hit. You know, and, and so his overall numbers took a hit. But when he has the pieces around him, I think he's a pretty good quarterback. Hmm. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I think Xander there... says he has Allen over Hurts. Oh, Allen overhurts. I see the problem is for me at least this year, and and Allen is incredibly talented. He just turned it over a ton. And that's my problem. That's big, big spots. Yep. 
red zone. He was a, uh, he was a red zone. He was too inconsistent in the red zone for me. And I think that has to do with Ryan Dayball now being there. I honestly I that, believe that. Yeah. I think that hurt. Uh, even their GM, uh, who's a GM? Bean. I think it was yeah. Bean. Bean addressed it. He was he was like pretty blunt about it. He's like, look, he's an unbelievable talent. He's got to clean that up. Turns it over too yeah. much. Yeah. They they're not, they weren't pulling any punches with him. Mm-hmm. So I I give the organization credit. Um, I think that's going to be a huge point of emphasis for him in the offseason. I do too. And, and rightfully so. I mean, he has the pieces. I love his receivers, the running game. He has everything you need to succeed and take that team to the next level. But when you're the catalyst for your holding your team back, as he was in many cases this year, well, not many cases, but in a number of cases this year, um, you still got some work to do. He's, yeah. His arm is as strong as any quarterback in a league. And when he's on, he is straight money. Mm-hmm. But he cost him a couple of games because of his red zone inefficiencies. Yeah. Plain and- simple. That team as well, like that team, Buffalo yep. is yep. right there. But yes. you, th- this is the year you yep. can't keep getting closer. No, no, because you know the pieces continue to change, and the, the the more you try to keep the same pieces, the more money they they require. And when your quarterback's at the top of the pyramid with the money, the rest of the team takes a hit. Now, not to the degree of a of a of a Rams team that sold its soul, and all of a sudden now they're at the bottom and have to start from working their way back up again, but. Teams always take a hit when you're at the top, you know. So guys are going to want to get paid. You can't keep the Micah Hyde's, the Jordan Poyers, um, Stephon Diggs, uh, Gabe, uh, the, the other wide receiver they have, Gabriel. Gabe Davis. Yeah. Davis. Uh, yeah. You can't keep it intact forever. De- yeah. you know, Singletary, all these guys, they're going to want to get paid also, man. Right. So you got you got you to gotta step inside that window when an opportunity arises. It doesn't happen often. Yeah. All right, let's uh let's get time out. We'll come back and Brad Feinberg is going to join us. We will dig into the game, any props that he likes, trends. He's he's on top of everything, man. On top of everything. All right, quickie, come back, Derek Gunn, Rob Ellis. We keep it rolling. We are sports take. Don't go anywhere. The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Go for the beers, go for the cheers, go for the hit and the hits, go for the scene, go for the screens, go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. We all know that taxes are just part of life. It's true during our working years, but also in retirement. But what you might not know is up to 85% of your Social Security benefits might be taxed. Our team at Thrive Financial has helped retire thousands of people across the Delaware Valley by asking questions they never knew they needed to ask, including how their Social Security benefits might be taxed. It's time to be proactive on taxes. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today. 
Jeff D'Ambrosio doesn't need a special event to appreciate his customers. Jeff shows his appreciation to them every day of the year. Jeff makes sure to stock more new inventory than anyone and guarantees prices and payments that nobody can beat. There are so many reasons that thousands of customers know Jeff is the easy, friendly place to do business. More for their trades. No judgment zone for credit issues. The best, most reliable service department in the country. That's why I like Jeff, and I know you will too. Jeff will satisfy you every day. Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown, Owner Appreciation Event. Post Game Show with Seth Joyner. I knew that they had a running game. Derek Gunn. He has put in the effort. Devin Caney. Had we not won the Super Bowl, what would we be saying? And Mike Missanelli. Well, you know how Philly is. Post Game, now streaming on the 6ABC family of apps. Why do millions of people every year from around the world visit Philly's Rocky statue? You want to tell me the sky is burgundy with green stripes and yellow polka dots? I'll meet you on that. But you're never going to convince me Rocky is anything other than the pure greatness that it is. Never going to happen. Join me, Paul Farber, for WHYY's The Statue. We're going on a journey to explore the biography of the Rocky statue. Find us wherever you get your podcasts. All right, we're back. Thanks for hanging out with us. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. He's Derek Gunn. I'm Rob Ellis Barrett. Uh, he's got other duties right now, but he'll be back with us tomorrow. Looking forward to uh, to chatting with our next guest. He does an awesome job, man. And you can catch him at Ooh. Sports Philadelphia, the livebettingshow.com, as well as his works with Bet Parks and Parks Sportsbook. Uh, he, is, he is the best in the business, in my estimation. Brad Feinberg. Brad, what's going on, man? How you doing? What great, up? great to see you guys, man. Long time no see. Derek, how you been? Good and you, man. Always good to see you guys. And Rob, everything good with you? Uh, Brad, no complaints, man. Yeah, my only complaint like is it's not Sunday yet, man. I need this game to get here, okay? Yeah, it's interesting. I'm curious. Who, I haven't heard your guys pick on the game. I'm curious who you guys both think is going to win this game. Gunner, go ahead. Um, I have to lean towards the Eagles. Um, yeah. They have been the most complete roster all season long. It's right. it's an anomaly that you have 22 starters available at this point of a season. They have all 22 starters. That doesn't happen. You're always trying to plug and play with somebody. Um, I, I don't think Jalen Nurse has to have a phenomenal game for this team to win because it's so deep and versatile on both sides of the football, and he hurts you in so many different ways. Kansas City Chiefs have been a phenomenal story, a revamped offense that – they didn't even expect to be at the Super Bowl this year considering the rebuilding with all the kids they have playing. But when you stack up the, – the, Mahomes is that X factor. But yeah. I just say the Eagles the, the Eagles uh, are just too dominant to let this game slip away. Uh, Brad, but, I, I'm in a similar – Philadelphia is way too confident in my estimation. <laughs> way too confident. <laughs> yeah. This is Mahomes and Andy Reid we're talking about here. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think it is very tight. could very easily come down to a field goal kind of game. I think the Eagles do win ultimately because of their lines more than anything yeah, else. I agree with you. Yeah. Um, yeah, but that's that's where I'm at. Like tight an Eagles victory, but wouldn't would it shock me if I'm being frank that the Chiefs won? No, it wouldn't at all. Yeah. I gotta say two things, guys, and I'm curious in your take on this. It's interesting. The entire world, and I mean the world, not 99%. I've not heard one person besides me say this. I'm curious if you guys being you know really tied into the team may agree with me because I've not heard anyone really agree with my take on this, but 
everyone's talking about Patrick Mahomes, how injured he is. Is he healthy with a high ankle sprain? My opinion, and again, you guys know this as well as anyone, having watched Jalen Hurts the first 15 weeks where I thought he was arguably the best player in all pro football, since he's come back, and look, no one's talking about it. He has not. I'm just talking facts. He has not been that dominant player that we saw the weeks one through 15. He just hasn't been. I'm. This is me guessing, and Derek, I know you have contacts in Philadelphia Eagles that no one else has, so if anyone knows, I know it's you. But my guess is that we're going to find the day after this game ends or the second after this game ends, they're going to say, yeah, this was a month injury for Jalen Hurts, not a week-to-week thing. He's really just gutted out because he's tough as heck. I think he's much more hurt than Mahomes, in my opinion, in terms of where he was from day one to where he is now versus Mahomes, where he was day one versus now. That's just my opinion. They've gotten away with it because the 49ers, look, if I play you in tennis, Rob, and you don't have a tennis racket, probably going to beat you. (laughs) That's what it was with San Francisco in that game. They didn't have a quarterback. Um, They've been getting away with it because of, in my opinion, the situation where they didn't have to have Jalen Hurts be great. But in a game like this, that's my my one nervousness is I think he is more hurt than than people are, are letting on. And I and I think that is a, a big issue personally, even though I agree with everything that Derek said. I think Philadelphia yeah. is just a better team. And I think this is a game where not having Tyreek Hill, that one move by Kansas City in this game, in this spot, that is where it's going to show itself, not yeah. having that extra dynamic player. That's a great point, Brad, because it, two things, just on what we were just talking about. It, it, that's why it's it's a little bit more of a challenge to handicap this because you don't know yeah. where Hertz is. Maybe the two weeks got him enough where he can get close to where he was earlier in the year. I, I, on, on Hertz, excuse me. I think Mahomes, I'm going in assuming he's 100%. I'm not even yeah. thinking okay. any yeah. other way, yeah. especially with the plays that he made two weeks ago against Cincinnati. Um, but you're right. like They, they lack dynamic a dynamic threat on the outside and they're a little bit banged up. So if you get down, even as magic as Mahomes is, do you have the ability to, to, to get it back quick if need be against the Eagles? If they get oh, up, I don't know if they do. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if they do. To, to answer your question, Brad, I've said since they kept uh, hurts out of two games, that there's more that they're letting on. The Eagles okay. have done a yeah. great job, yeah. have done a great job of not answering the question about how, how bad yes. the shoulder is. The only thing Nick Sirianni has revealed is the fact that he had a similar injury to Jalen Hurts when he was younger, and he still has a knot in that that AC joint. Wow. You know, yeah, you know, it's one of those. Even when you get it, where yeah. the calcium deposit builds up, and you don't get it out of there, you have a you have a knot in there. Um, luckily for Jalen Hurts and the Eagles, they were able to protect him from himself in those two playoff games. I mean, exactly. because they were such blowout type games. If you saw his deep ball, not what it we it was exactly. all season long. Yes. Um, his intermediate game is still there, but you don't have to wind up and throw it 60 yards in the intermediate game. So he can still be very efficient in that regard on a slant route and sl- slant routes and things like that. Uh, but I do think there's more to the story than the Eagles have let on and Jalen okay. has been on over the past several weeks. Yeah, I agree with you. And again, I think that we're going to see at the day, the second this game's over, they're going to say, yeah, you guys have no idea how Jalen really was injured. Yep. Uh, and, and then he really is just so tough. Um, and, and it's interesting, Derek and you know, Rob, I also, in my opinion, you mentioned the deep throws, which I agree with, but also when I've watched him even run, look, he's, when he usually run, he, he ran like Pacheco. He was hard. He'd run at you. Yeah, He'd be like, yeah. you know, let's, let's bring it on. Um, I feel like since he's come back, he's gone down easier. And I'm not faulting him. Let me make yeah. as clear as clear can be. He's being smart to do that. He has no choice but to do that. But I'm just saying it's such a fine line in sports, Rob and Derek, and being great versus being good. Being yep. good versus being average. Being average versus being below average. Everything is just 
such and you're when you're at this level, such fine dots that just make everything change. And to me, and again, they've gotten away with it because of the situations, but that's my one nervousness because this to me, this version of Jalen Hurts is not the Jalen Hurts we've seen all year. But I really do believe fiercely, strongly, what you know, Derek, what you said at the beginning. I just think Philadelphia outside of quarterback and outside of tight end, which I get those are big things. I think yeah. Philadelphia is better throughout the board. Yeah. Um, and I feel like they don't need Jalen Hurts to be great. They just need to be good. Mm-hmm. And I well, that Cincinnati game, guys, I got to tell you, uh, I feel like that was a miracle virtually mm-hmm. that uh, Kansas City won that game. They had nothing. They had nothing. They couldn't get a first down. They, mm-hmm. That was a miracle. They were able to pull that game out of their you-know-whats. Um, and that's why as good as Mahomes is, I just don't know. And this is why the Tyreek Hill comment, I think they made a mess. You never get in trouble in sports when you overpay your best players like Joel Embiid, mm-hmm. Patrick Mahomes, mm-hmm. Hurts or whatnot. That's never going to get you in trouble. When you overpay decent players or good players, that's what hurts you. Them not paying Tyreek Hill, I think this is the spot we're going to see it. Very mm. interesting. Brad, as someone who does it almost at a scientific yeah. level for you, is there when it's a Super Bowl, when it's that one game, and I know there's props yeah. and everything else that you can play off of it, um, but yeah. is, is there a uh, – you have to guard against paralysis by analysis by, by digging too heavy into this thing? Uh, is there, a, no. is there an, a, a discipline to that for you? No, Rob, listen, uh, this game, far and away, like and I just did a show with a guy I worked with yesterday, and we talked about like – this one game is far and away the most bets I'll have in any game all year. Basically, this one game, I have as many bets in this game as I'll have in a typical week. Wow. Okay, so think about that. There's 16 games during a, you know, during a week. This one game, I'll have as many bets in this one game because there's so much stuff they're doing. And again, my issue is, do I bet something right away where I can't maybe get quite as much money down on it and I hope for the mark to quote-unquote mature? Or do I just get down saying, I know this is going to be blown up by fellow pros and I better just get down even if it's only for a few hundred bucks mm-hmm. and just take it and be happy as opposed to trying to get a few thousand dollars, whatever I'm trying to get, or multiple thousand dollars I'm trying to get on all these bets. So that's that's what I'm fighting when I see this. And by the way, there's there's if you shop this stuff, I mean, I'm not going to do the work 100% for you, but yeah. there is a bet right now. Who will have the first catch, Miles Sanders or Isaiah Pacheco? On wow. one site, you can get Pacheco plus $1.75. On the other site, you could take Miles Sanders minus a dollar thirty. So you can't lose. Yeah. Like you could literally say, okay, I'll take Sanders minus a dollar thirty here. I'll take Pacheco plus a dollar seventy-five there. Guess what? No yeah. matter what happens, I can't lose the bet because you could it's a free arbitrage of 45 cents in between. If you shop and then I spend hours doing this, guys, like mm-hmm. that's what I do. Yeah. Um, there's stuff like that you find and you'll find mistakes. And I will look through 500 bets and maybe 487 of them are accurate. But I will hammer those thirteen that aren't. Wow, that's awesome. Uh, All right, let's go back to the beginning because I know you like to get ahead of this stuff. Were the Eagles and Chiefs the two teams that you picked to to arrive at this point? I had a very large bet on the Eagles, plus three fifty to win the division, fifty to one to win the Super Bowl, twenty five to one to win the NFC. The Chiefs, I had no money on. Uh, I added the Chiefs. uh, I had a bet on Cincinnati, um, which my biggest position in the AFC. I made a big bet on the Chiefs. Before the playoffs started, I cried uncle, and I just said, you know what? I want to have something on them. They got the number one. When the whole thing happened the, with the when them getting the number one seed, uh, mm-hmm. and I realized they were going to get that easier second round, you know, that they firstly get the bye, and then they don't have to play Buffalo or Cincinnati until the conference finals. That, to me, was a huge edge. But, yeah, look, I bet multiple teams. Uh, the Eagles, fortunately for me, were 
I got look, I got luck. My three biggest positions AMC were the Eagles, the 49ers, and the Cowboys. So I was in a pretty good spot there where it really kind of didn't make a difference what happened. Uh, but I was rooting for Philadelphia. Wow. Brad, are you surprised? I, I, I am a little bit. It, this line is held pretty firm at one and a half. Yeah. Really. I know it got goofy as soon as the Chiefs game ended you know, two Sundays ago, but but it's been pretty steady since. Did you think there'd be any movement or is this kind of where you thought it would it would be right now? Well, I think what we're seeing is, and again, I, I won't be surprised if this line goes down to a pick in, mm-hmm. in, in, in Vegas by the time the end this is, is over. Because I think what we're seeing is uh, there was questions about at the way beginning, Rob, about maybe Mahomes, how healthy he is. But I think what you said is accurate, Rob. I think he's healthy. And I think it's going to be treated like he's healthy. I think the game may go may close it around the pick. Right now, the Eagles are still one slash one and a half point favorites. I think we may get down to a pick. Um, no, no, look, let me say this. Now, I, I told you I had a huge position. I can't see, by the way, to win the AFC, not to win the Super Bowl. So I didn't have a penny on the Super Bowl. This is, again, a good example. This will raise your IQ for everyone listening out there. And when anything, advice I'm going to give you is shop. And what I mean by that is this. There is a local place, you know, not far from where we live, um, where they have the Eagles as a three-point favorite. Okay, because they know every Tom, yeah. Paul, and Harry is going to bet the Eagles. Yep. So they're going to tax you for that. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what? When I need Kansas City, getting that plus three is gold. So, you know, I was able to make a large wager on Kansas City plus three. If the Eagles win by one, two, or three, next time I see you guys, <laughs> lunch is on me. Hey! From your dinner. island. Hey. From your island, yes. I love that. I love that. So um, maybe throw some things, some some props that you're looking at, right? Because let's off. face it. You can get yourself in trouble with with goofy stuff. Let's face it, you know, coin talk, <laughs> yeah. whatever. I, I don't know how big you're into certain things, but other no, things, it's... it's just nonsense. Uh, what are some things maybe you're looking at a little bit that you think, eh, there's some interest here? Well, I will tell you this, and again, and again, I'm not trying to show for any sports books, so I'm not going to do that, but there are sports books out there, guys, where they'll have something right now where will the uh, coin toss be heads or tails? Right. Plus 100 each way. So you may say, well, Brad, why would I do that? There's no edge. Well, that's accurate. There is no edge. But what you could do is there, you, you could bet both sides. And sometimes they have these rollover bonuses where if you bet X amount, you get like a bonus. Well, if you can't lose on something and it's just getting you your free bonus, look at stuff like that. I'm just trying to give guys a little hopes with that. But in terms of the game itself, look, there's a bunch of uh, props that, that I like. And I'll, I'll look, I'll, I'll talk about um, Miles Sanders. Uh, his overrunner for uh, rushing attempts was 12 and a half. And, you know, guys, and I look, I know you guys follow this stuff at, at the highest of high levels. He didn't get there against, against the 49 Giants. I think he had 17. But last week, I think he only had 11. Mm-hmm. But let's, you can probably answer this. Why did he not get there? I'm asking you guys, tell me. Because I think it was a very obvious reason he did not get 13 carries. Uh, Gainwell. Yeah. And, well, well, he was out of the game too. I, I would. That's that's it. He was yeah. out of the game because yeah. they're up 31-7, 24-7. They don't need to risk it. You know, when you're up 24-7, but when right. the game was close, Sanders was in there. Now, by the way, Gainwell will be the running back next year, I'm sure. Or maybe they make a, a draft pick. You know, the guy from Texas, B. John Robinson. But yep. to me, Sanders is the guy. And I think what we saw was Gainwell closed out very effectively. Very effectively. He closed out those other games that were blowout games. I don't think this game is going to be a blowout. I think Miles Sanders is going to get his 16, 17 carries. I think he's going to go way over that 12 and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll give you another one, which is an interesting one, guys. This is a crazy one. About two-thirds of NFL kickoffs this year were touchbacks. Okay, so okay. The, uh, the opening odds, will the opening kickoff be a touchback? It's Ooh. okay, two out of three chance. That's going to be a touchback, right? You know, mm-hmm. that's, that's what it is. Ideal conditions, whatnot. But here's the thing. 18 of the last 21 
opening kickoffs in the Super Bowl have not been a touchback. And the reason is, really? Pat McAfee talked about this, the opening kickoffs, the only time all year in, in, in pro football where you're not allowed to touch the kickers, not allowed to rub the ball. They, they do these things, I guess, to, to get it a certain way for them where it's softer. It's not uh-huh. like a block of concrete. Well, they don't see the ball until they actually kick it off. And then uh-huh. it's given to the Hall of Fame. So it's like kicking a, like a cinder block as opposed to not that it's going to be. But again, I talk about the difference between good and great, great and good, you know, good and bad. It's such a fine line. So with that kickoff and you, the ball's harder, that ball that usually goes maybe two yards deep in the end zone, three yards deep, maybe now it's going just right at the end zone. And the guy returns it. Those extra six, seven feet. You can I was able to get plus a dollar 60 on that. I think it's a tremendous wager. 18 and three. That's awesome, man. It's not been returned. I'm getting plus 160. Doesn't mean I'm going to win the bet, but I sure as heck know I shouldn't be getting plus a dollar. I'll throw nerves in there too, Brad. I mean, absolutely. Everybody's got little butterflies, man. And maybe the kicker isn't on his A game with that first kick. Absolutely. And and look, I know everyone likes doing these needle in the haystack bets, like who will win MVP first touchdown. When When the sports book does not offer a two way market, what I mean by two-way market is, look, if you're taking the Eagles or the Chiefs, it's minus 110 each way, right? It's a two-way market, right? You could take plus one and a half, minus 110, minus one and a half, minus 110. So it's, you could bet it either way. But they'll say, who will score the first touchdown? Just do you want Jalen Hurts? Well, they may offer you three-to-one odds, but really the no should maybe be minus 800. But they're just going to give you 300. They're not giving you a no price where you know you're getting a fair bet. I would stay away from these needle in the haystack bets. I know they're fun. And if you're just betting a dollar or two and you don't, you know, you're just doing it for enjoyment, totally cool. But there's never advantage in those bets, except I did find one. I did find one needle in the haystack bet, which I actually think has edge. And it's actually A.J. Brown. I took A.J. Brown to score the first Eagles touchdown. The first mm, Eagles touchdown. Okay. Five to one odds. 57 touchdowns this year the Eagles scored. A.J. Brown scored 11 of those 57. That translates... He should be plus 418 to score any touchdown for the Eagles. Plus 418. But there was also five, I counted, garbage touchdowns where the Eagles were up by like four touchdowns. They got a late touchdown, you know, so where where, there was no way they were going to pass the ball. So when out of the 52 touchdowns they scored this year, where I would consider it realistically the receiver had a chance of getting it, A.J. Brown scored 11 of those 52, which translates into a plus 372 number. So I think, you know, four to one, four and a quarter, it's certainly very, very reasonable. Getting five to one from the score that bet, I actually think there's an edge in this rare case on one of those I call them needle in the haystack bets. Hey, hey Brett, how many hours? Yeah, see, that's why I have asked them to come on, man. You can't you, get man, this, this is, kind of stuff, man. This is really good. I don't even think about this kind of stuff. Yeah. How many? How many hours of of, of research, in depth research, do you do before you actually start placing your Super Bowl bets? A ton, a ton. I, I, again, that's that's what I do. Again, I, I, I go through. Every possible thing. And what the good thing is, there's usually a template of these things that are year to year they have, but then that just the players change. Yep. But like one bet that I'll give you an example that just traditionally has been good. It's been about a 78% winning bet is, will there be more points scored in the first half or second half? It's been huge towards the second half in the Super Bowl game. Mm. Reasons being probably maybe players get more tired, you know, uh, and that the defenses wear down in the second half or nerves you know, just in the first half or whatnot. But the scoring and the average depth of target on the passes in the second half of these Super Bowls has been significantly higher. And look, you're able to lay usually around a dollar thirty-five, dollar forty on the second half being higher. And that's just been a traditional year in, year out winning wager. That's mm. pretty good, man. Now I I I take me inside. 
where do you watch this game? Do you need to be by yourself? Do you need to be locked in? And does that apply to every game that you have you have action on? Rob, I got this. Me, you actually you don't even know how you're saying that. I I am like I usually like watching the games by myself. I I really really do just because I have so much bets coming in and I so much stuff I'm doing. I'm live betting and I'm just again I watch the game differently than everyone else yeah. watches it. I'm I'm looking at it from a betting point of view, not like okay. I'm rooting for a team. Yeah, your heart's I, I am not in it. That's good. Rooting, right. Yeah, and, and, and I'm looking at things that other people aren't looking at. And I can almost – and I'll watch a replay, look, and you see I see a guy was like – anything that I can gleam any kind of edge on. So I usually prefer watching games by myself. But for this game, a good buddy of mine uh, invited me. He's having a big Super Bowl party. So I'm going to go. Um, I'm working the game for NBC pregame show. I'm going to go down and um, uh, and watch the game with him. It was good luck last time. Last time I was with a Super Bowl party – was the Eagles Patriots game? You gotta so, go, man. Um, you gotta go. Yep. Yeah, so I, I gotta go. And and but again, there's again, if you put in the work on this stuff, guys, there's there's stuff that you'll find. And listen, I'll give you another one. Patrick Mahomes, his last 27 games, he's 22 and five over one and a half touchdowns. 22 and five. Jeez. You can lay about two to one odds he gets two touchdowns. Now again, people think when you lay juice, it means it could be a sucker bet. Absolutely not the case at all. Usually, in fact. Most average bettors like to get prices on something, so they'll be leery of laying a price. And sometimes there's a lot more value in actually laying a number. Again, 22 and five is last 27. I feel very comfortable, even with a good pass defense the Eagles have, that Mahomes will get his two passing touchdowns. And we know, Rob and Derek, is Andy Reid inside the five yard line. Most coaches are like run, 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 run. Yep. He's like pass, 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 That's pass. Right. And, right. and, and so I feel like if Kansas City gets three touchdowns, I know I'm going to win. Yeah. If they get two touchdowns, I still think I'm going to win. And they could get four or five touchdowns. But an interesting comment, guys, I, with a guy I worked with yesterday, which I didn't know this. The Eagles this year have played, I think he said six, however, or five, five teams that were in the top half of offense this year in the NFL. And in those five games, they've allowed over 30 points a game. Ooh. Which I did not know that. Ooh. I did not know that. I didn't. And, and I, I thought that, and this is the guy who is as good as anyone I, I deal with. And he, he mentioned that. And why? Because we talked about how we liked opposite sides of the game. Okay. Now, I know that the fourth, the Dallas game, they gave up Dallas. Um, I know scored what? Uh, 40. Yeah. 40. Yeah. 40 to 34, I think it was. Yep. Yeah. No, with the Dallas one without, the uh, yeah. Without, without Jalen. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to think of the other teams that, that would have uh, been in that, that category. Cause I have to admit, I was mm. definitely taken aback. Now, I know last year we saw, when they went against Justin Herbert, um, you know, the against Mahomes, I think it was two was it two years ago mm-hmm. when the, the Eagles last year struggled against teams that could throw the ball. This year, I clearly think they're improved, but the schedule was obviously lighter. Let's let's be honest. Uh, but when he told me that, that did give me a little bit of hmm. I didn't. I have to admit, I thought I knew everything in terms mm-hmm. of those kind of things. I didn't know that they were that poor mm-hmm. against teams that were in the top half of offenses this year. Thread, to be honest, I'm surprised you're not out in Arizona for this one. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's funny. I, I, I thought about it. I actually got offered. I could have gone. Um, but again, I am working here for NBC. Yeah. I do take that yeah. seriously. I want to, mm-hmm. you know, finish the year out with them. And then uh, you could have worked out from out there, Brad. Yeah, yeah, no, <laughs> I know, I know. But but yeah, look, but you know what's interesting, guys? And I gotta tell you something, and I, I admit this. I, I don't know if you guys are the same way or not. With this one particular thing, I am a snob. Um I love like I love watching the game on HDTV. Now it's yeah. great to Same be there, here. but if I have a if I have a bad seat versus a great HD TV seat, yes, I can honestly say I'd rather have the great HD seat. Now, if you offered me 
40, 50 yard line seats there. Right. Rob, I'm with yeah. you. Let's go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I if you're it. like, if you're putting me out in the nosebleeds or I'm and I can't see and I'm like, what team has the ball? And I, I'd uh, rather I, I'm just as happy watching it on TV. But I'm I know most you. people like the experience. I get it, but I am a total ticket snob, I admit it. I, I'm, I'm with it. you hundred percent. All right. So uh game wise, it sounds yeah. like it depends on the line. It sounds are you leaning Eagles win it? Oh, no, I like the Eagles. Okay. No, Rob, I, I like the Eagles again. Okay. I I really do believe, like, again, exactly what Derek said was inside my head. I think this team is – but I do agree with you, Rob. I don't think it's going to be easy. Yeah. Uh, but I just think this team is better in virtually every part of the game. And if Jalen Hurts was healthy, I actually don't think this game necessarily would be that close. Because I think Kansas City and Buffalo were the two teams I personally felt all year were significantly overrated. Uh, Buffalo, I thought their defense was – bad and they were considered especially if they lost von miller and i think i got proven to be correct in that cincinnati and their demons i think could stop anyone but to me kansas city they've won because of the brilliance of mahomes Mm -hmm. and he is brilliant but again this is i i always find in sports your weaknesses come through in the biggest moments like if you have a bad bullpen game seven of the world series remember the diamondbacks the year they beat the yankees their bullpen was bad all year young young kim blew three games in the ninth inning instead of winning four zero they had to win four games of three because their bullpen kept blowing it um when Brad Lidge had that bad year for the Phillies, when they lost to the Yankees in the World Series, Brad Lidge blew a game where they don't really in the ninth inning because Lidge didn't have it that year. In my opinion, Kansas City's weakness is exactly, Rob, what you said. They do not have that dynamic. They don't have that, that Tyree Kill kind of guy. They're more of a punch and Judy kind of team. Now, they have yeah. a quarterback, as great as he is, he's great. He can be punch and Judy. He's so mm-hmm. good. He'll, he'll go tick, tick, tick down the field. But I think in a game like this, not having that – that star dynamic game changing player like an AJ Brown or someone like that. When these games are that close, I think in this game, this is the spot in a big game. They're not going to have Hill to bail them out on a magic play like he did against the bills and that championship game or that, you know, that final four game uh, two years ago when they won in that crazy overtime game. Mm -hmm. I think this is a game we're going to see not having that dynamic playmaker is going to hurt them. And I think they're going up against a better team. All right, so Brad, people can check you out NBC Sports Philadelphia on yep. the Eagles pregame show this Sunday uh, with with the with the whole crew. Look forward Absolutely. to that livebettingshow.com. and of course you do awesome stuff for Bet Parks as well, man. Yep. We we really I do appreciate, appreciate you guys. It's always this good was, seeing both of you, man. Super thank you, man. Man, appreciate it, Brad. Thanks. All right, good luck, everyone out there. Bye, guys. All right, brother. Be good. You got it, man. Brad's awesome. He's the best in the business, in my opinion. There's Period. no question. Hands and down. you hear you hear a story, and we tell a story, but you hear a story about. He made. He went to Michigan, majored in engineering, got a degree in engineering, started out as an engineer, didn't like it, mm-hmm. and then decided to make the transition to what he's doing now. And to me, nobody does it better, man. When you just sit down and listen to how he arrives at decisions and how numbers are spinning in his head when he's sleeping and stuff like that, dude, that's a gift. Yeah, that, that, that's that. It's like, it, it's get like that Rain big. Man. I'm telling yeah. you, man. Like everything when he's still playing the yes. you know, at Vegas or or, or Hangover, <laughs> you're just seeing all the numbers, all those point spreads going man. around, around. It's pretty cool, man. It's pretty cool. Um, right, we got a little tiny bit of time. Let's sneak in a couple birthdays, Gunner. You want to do that? We're at 55. Wow. Okay. Yeah, we're tight. Uh, Joe Pesci's 80 today. How about that, Joe Pesci? 80 years old. Jeez. Mookie Wilson is 67 today. Uh, Judith Wilson. Light. Who's a boss? Uh, yep. 74. Uh, Catherine Duchess of Cambridge. She's 41 today. You know how much I love my Royals. Oh, I know. Uh, J.K. Simons, one of my favorite actors. Simmons, one of my favorite actors. He's 68. Richard Nixon was born this day, 1913. Uh, Jimmy Page wow. is 79 years old from uh, Led Zeppelin. 
Crystal Gale is 72. Sean Paul, 49. Uh, Joan Baez, 82. Dave Matthews, 56. Bart Starr, born on this day, 1934. Muggsy Bogues is, Bogues is 58. Uh, Chad Johnson, Ocho, is 45 Ocho. years old today. Sergio Garcia is 43. Dick Enberg was born on this day, 1935. You got any, Gunner? Oh, dude, I got like 30, got, but uh, let's off, see. Man. You got Michael B. Jordan, who's 36. Oh, I love Michael B. Jordan. Uh, awesome. Let's see. This list is so long. Vince Papali, 77. There you go, Invincible. Uh, Jack Van Impey, uh, religious leader, 88, died in uh, 2020. Uh, Travis Tritt, the country singer, 60. Hmm. Vladimir Guerrero, 48. Uh, let's see. Mookie Wilson, 66. You remember the old show, Too Close for Comfort? Of course. Jim J. Bullock, 67. Right. Uh man, where's this? Where's this? Bill Bill V Bill Vec? Remember Bill the old baseball? He yeah. owned he owned parts of four different major league teams. Very, he was a creative guy, man. I don't know um, to say and that. Matter of fact, he signed Larry Doby, broke the color barrier in the American true. League. Very true. Um, very Bill. Let's see, Logan Ryan, Tampa Bay Bucks, thirty-two. Yep. Right. Uh, Ian Eagle, the announcer, fifty-three. Yeah. Love Ian Eagle. Uh, Phil Ford, former NBA player, sixty-seven. Jim Miller, who Hugh Douglas said, "I jacked his, you know what up." Yep. He's 51. Jameer I, Nelson, 41. Oh, man. Uh, uh, there's so many more. Uh, right. my, one of my favorite, Jair Alexander, Green Bay Packers, All right, 26 years old. All right. We got we got to run. Good work. Uh, yes. Oh, man. Mia Farrell, Carol King, uh, Charlie Day, <laughs> Alice Walker, uh, Colin Egglesfield. Uh, Camille oh, Winbush, from, who was who was uh, uh, on the Bernie Mac show. The daughter. I, I got out of time, man. Look, look <clears throat> I did all this work for nothing. You got him in. You got Whoa, him in. Good work. I still got like 20. I haven't even got in yet. Maybe we'll Man. sprinkle some to tomorrow. Maybe we'll do that. Um, got a big one in store for you tomorrow. We just keep it rolling. Barrett's going to be back with us from Phoenix. We're looking forward to it. This was fun, man. A great last couple of days. We keep it rolling into tomorrow. Don't go anywhere. You get the national football show with Dan Cilio. Thanks to Xander Krause. Thanks to all of you in the chat section, all you streaming, all you viewing. Gunner, we're back at it tomorrow, man. Great job. One more show. One more. Same place, same time. For Derek Gunn, I'm Rob Ellis. You've been watching Sports Take. See you tomorrow. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Post game show with Seth Joyner. I knew that they had a running game. Derek Gunn. He has put in the effort. Devin Caney. Had we not won the Super Bowl, what would we be saying? And Mike Missanelli. Well, you know how Philly is. Post game, now streaming on the 6ABC family of apps. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.